Recording in progress. Still hear that. Yep. It's all good. Podcast time. Hey, uh, greetings, ladies and gentlemen. It is uh, at the time of this recording. It is Thursday, July the 22nd. Uh, Toronto has been open at about 50% operating capacity uh, for non-essential businesses for about a week. And uh, hashtag is back. How does, so, it, how does it feel out in the city for you guys? Do you because I don't really go out much, so I'm you guys are my conduit to the world. But um, I'm tired already. You're already t- you're tired of just being out and about again, like returning to normal it's life. Been a week. It's been yeah. a week, Nina. It, what are no, you tired um, of? Doing? I've been because before the fifty percent, I was like patios, right? And now <laughs> it's like now I'm tired. Like I was supposed to have plans this weekend. Um, my boyfriend's friend wanted to double date with us, so I was like, yeah, sure. Oh my God, I was praying for them to flop and they flopped today and I was so happy. <laughs> Nina, we're, we haven't even started the summer yet officially. Oh, uh, I've started and ended. Even my boyfriend was saying, he's like, Nina, we did so much that honestly, if summer ended today, I would be satisfied. Like we did wow. so much. So you much guys are cool with the fourth wave is what you're saying. No, 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 no. Because I'm not trying to let that go through my birthday. So no. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yo, that is that that's that's pretty crazy. Um so, so were you at that party in Whitby? No, I was not at that party. Did you hear about this madness? Yeah, no, I what happened that. in Whitby? Apparently there was a party, the police had to shut it down. There was like two thousand people at this big mansion out in Whitby. So Nina, So Nina, when you've been out and about, does it feel like before pandemic times? Does it feel like everything's just back to normal? Like you would you know you know what does? The gym. Because this is the first time, so I went back on Monday. This is the first time in about a year now that we've been allowed more than 10 people in the gym at a time. And like, honestly, I was there when I went on Monday. I was like, I was getting anxious because I'm like, oh my God, it's so many people. Like, everybody's looking at me. Like, you know, just getting nervous, like, you know, but like, because generally I was just used to 10 people this whole time. But it's a, we're allowed seventy five percent, seventy five people, sorry, at my gym. So you'd prefer it to go back to just the ten people, right? I mean, yes and no, just because no, because it's harder to get an appointment. But yes, just because you didn't have to. I like I actually had to ask people now, like, oh, how many more sets do you have left? Like, <laughs> Ew, I, I hate that. that. Yeah. I hate that. I yeah. never had to do that before. That's crazy. Well, I uh, I went to Toronto uh, to a TFC game. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh, I like, like them apples. Uh, shouts out to my my good friend, my brother Terrence. Um, he uh, randomly hit me up last night at the last minute. And he's like, "Hey, uh, what are you doing right now?" Um, I got two tickets uh, to the TFC game, um, and I said yes because my mantra for summer 2021 is say yes to everything. Yes to everything, eh? No matter yes what. Yes to everything. I'm doing everything. I'm going out. Hey, hey, listen. I'm Pfizer daddy. Like, I'm double vaxxed, right? There's no place that's going to hold me from going See, We're going to talk about this in politics as usual because Honestly. we all, you, you want to call the unvaccinated people wildlings when it seems like it's the vaccinated people that are wilding out. I, hey, I will have you know that I wore my mask in the stands and the only time I took it off was to drink. Right. I'm still, I'm still exercising, uh, like, you, you know, sound like public oh, party, party, right? let's go everywhere, let's do everything. No, that's what I that's what I was like too, but bro, I'm genuinely exhausted. Like I, You I'm gotta just pace like, yourself. You had a, almost two years off of not doing anything and you're probably just going just trying to make up for the two years, right? 
yeah like it's actually crazy like and now like next weekend like after next weekend i think i'm just gonna be done because next weekend's my boyfriend's birthday he wants to go all out and i'm like Uh-oh. bro like i'm i'm done like <laughs> i don't even know if i want to drink that weekend <laughs> wow that is amazing nina you, nina's doing the damn thing bro yeah well uh ready fox will live for you how about that sure that's cool <laughs> No, it was, it was, it was, it was a pretty, it was my first, I guess you could say, uh, big crowd experience. It wasn't a sold out game. I don't know if it was because of the uh, restrictions on uh, mass gatherings or like sporting events. Were people spaced out seating wise? Like, or did you have people like right up beside you? We had people relatively close to us. It wasn't Ram like right next to each other, but. We were in the um, in the crazy section where everybody does the cheers and they. Oh, that's the fun. Yeah, see, pre-pandemic, that would have been a blast. The whole like, I've always said that um, the TFC experience in terms of a sporting experience in the city is one of the most fun experience. Like, yeah, Leafs games can be depending on I guess how they're doing. Raptors games are more exciting. I enjoy baseball games. I know you guys don't care, but TFC games are lit. They are super lit, man. That crowd is so into it. Like. From beginning yep. to end, maybe I'll do that before the summer ends. What? Yeah, yeah, I would say that was that, that was a that was a fun thing. It's a fun experience, man. Yep. But um, yeah. Other than that, it's been uh, I, I've been stress baking. I, I'm I'm actually literally in the process of uh, what do they call it? Um, <sighs> baking bread, but they call it uh, when you're doing the when you're fermenting, when you're proofing, proofing. Oh. The dough, so I've, the dough is rising right now, and it's this is the perfect time for the show, right? Because I need two hours for the dough to rise because I've been stress baking. <laughs> well, that's cool, that's oh. good. But we should get into radio time, absolutely. All right, here we go. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my goodness, it is Saturday, July the 24th. The sun is shining. I know this because I'm related to the amazing Kreskin. Don't ask if you're under the age of 35. I was I just going to say. I don't know who that is. But Nina, Nina, do you know who the amazing Kreskin is? Nope. Okay. Continue. Solitaire. All right. Well, you can Google that. Uh, for everybody else, welcome to the program. Obviously, by now, you know you are tuned in to hashtag yours truly solitaire dj ready fox no better nina we are here on vibe 105 every more every saturday morning uh from 10 a.m to 12 p.m on your radio dial tell a friend to tell a friend at hashtag vibe 105 is our twitter and instagram handles and uh dj ready fox no better nina how are y'all doing good morning everybody uh doing all right hope you're good how's it going nina uh i'm tired you're tired you're always tired nina yeah she's always tired but this is a different kind of tired she's like she's like partied out could you believe this ladies i'm partied out and i just been like like trying to you know with the world going back to normal you're trying to rebalance everything right Uh, i'm trying to balance the new job plus the gym plus my boyfriend plus Uh, like it's just like a lot too much life yeah, like I can't sleep as much anymore, and I I missed that. Uh, Nina, <laughs> yeah, welcome to adulthood. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. I, I actually I decided I want to be a stay at home mom now. Like, I'm oh okay, it. all right, <laughs> easier to manage. I'm over it. Like, I'll just have kids and 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 deal with that and go to the gym and I'll be happy. So well, so you guys have been out and about in the city. How's it been yeah. for you? Like since the stage three, how's it feel in the city? Does it feel like everything's 
more normal or what's it like in the city? Um, I do feel like things are more normal. Um, mind you, I haven't really experienced the indoor dining yet. I was supposed to do that this weekend, but that flopped and I was happy. But, but but I can speak to the gym, like being in the gym, like my gym's capacity is 75 people. And for the past year, it's only been 10 people. So to be in there with like that many people, like I actually have to ask people now, like, are you done with this machine? How many sets do you have left? Like with 10 people, you obviously never had to ask that, but yeah so that that's like my what i'm seeing of it so far but it does feel a little more normal with that many people solitaire have you been in any restaurants since no. stage three opening i no, yes i did but it was on a patio okay not my favorite form of dining but it was it was low-key it was at regulars which is you know basically that's like home base for you know because no, no, that's, that's my people's i know shouts out to regulars um shouts out to carlos my plug over there um we were taking care of it. So, but other than that, I haven't done in, in, um, in restaurant dining, but I went to a Toronto, uh, football club. <laughs> TFC. Yeah. <laughs> there Toronto, you go. TF, otherwise known as TFC. Did they win? To, uh, no, they tied. Oh, nice. I, I didn't even, they were playing. I don't even know where they were playing. Some team, I think they were from New York. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to front for you guys. Like, yo, I'm a habit. Yo, I know all the, all the players and the stats. No, no. I like to go to see sports because I'm a sports fan sure. of athleticism. But I didn't know what was going on. I didn't even know who but the it, players were. It's way more enjoyable when you're there in person than when you're watching it on TV. That is 150% true. Um, and I've was, always said, though, real quick, that um, TFC games are the most enjoyable, exciting sporting experiences you can have in Toronto compared yeah. to the Jays or the Raptors or the Leafs. I would say the Raptors are pretty close for me. I've been to a Leafs game. Um, it's just not as – it wasn't as fun because they weren't on the verge of winning. Right. <laughs> so it's different, but it was good to be able to say that I've gone to a Leafs game because it's just so hard to get tickets. But Toronto FC, uh, the, the TFC and the Raptors are definitely, I would say, neck and neck. Baseball is a great sporting experience to go to the stadium. But It is fun. Just to say you did it type of thing. Yeah, right. just to say I did it because I, I don't think I've ever sat down and watched an entire game of baseball, even when I was in the stadium. I'm usually walking around <laughs> trying to find a hot dog, and then I'm going to get a beer. Then I got to go to the bathroom. And then, oh, the you're game. here too? And you walk, and you're like, you find your friends, and you right. talk. Sorry, baseball's kind of boring to watch. Exciting to play, boring to watch. You ever been to a TFC game, Nina? No, but I do want to go before summer ends. All right. Yeah, just to go like it's know? fun and I, man soccer too so like that the fans be- there they they're on their feet the whole game man. they enjoy it well there you go well I, listen <laughs> i definitely enjoyed it and uh if you have the opportunity to get out get active get back into the city life obviously safely uh, if you're able to physically distance you don't have to and you're outdoors you don't have to worry about masks but if you're in close quarters like i was definitely wearing my mask while i was in the stands only time I took it off was to have a drink. It wasn't right. super packed, like body to body, but the section that we were in was is the section where they do all the chairs and stuff like that. But it was pretty. I felt, you know, I didn't feel like crowded, and it was a good experience. So it was good. It was good to get out to a, a, a live, like big crowd event after a year and a half. I'd have right. to say that was my first. And you crowd. didn't feel nervous at all at any point in time. You were just enjoying no. it for the experience. Just enjoying it for the experience. It was interesting to see. Everybody was definitely hyper vigilant. I feel like as far as like 
not trying even even a a, a crowd like a, a Toronto FC crowd where you could feel like that energy would be kinetic or they'd be aggressive. Everyone it was still pretty chill. It was totally cool. What about you, Nina? Have you been out and about in the city? That's why you're so tired half the time. Like, have you ever been in like crowded situations recently where you felt like there was a bit too many people? I actually I walked I was on King Street like a couple weeks ago on a Sunday probably like maybe a week or two weeks ago and like I I was thinking oh like like now is my chance to go to the walk-in restaurants that don't take reservations on a Sunday night and I was wrong it was packed there was one I can't remember what the intersection was exactly but there's one place called Ruby Soho packed inside out or not inside sorry but outside and then like a bunch of people just standing at the intersection just hanging <laughs> out like same thing at borrow like all those places were just right. like crazy packed like, so do you like, avoid those big crowds now mm, not really <laughs> okay <laughs> i always avoid big crowds when it comes to eating as much as possible unless right. it's like a birthday or something you can't avoid but i'll tell you seeing the city buzzing especially like how many people go out and spend money at bars and restaurants toronto's uh, toronto's got a lot of people with a lot of money that like to go out and spend <laughs> money on food restaurants all, and, which is great obviously for the entertainment industry right. for, for waiters and bus boys and you know restaurant tours and all that but i'm like yo how, what do you do you guys eat at home do you cook like do you it's a bustling city yeah anyway listen ladies and gentlemen whatever you're doing to uh, take advantage of the fact that toronto's finally opening up one of the last places in the world to officially open up to non-essential businesses do so safely keep in mind your fellow citizens and you know get outside and enjoy and make sure you tip your waiters your waiters and your waitresses and all that sort of stuff but ladies and gentlemen Enough about that. Let's go over to No Better Nina with our poll question of the week. Okay, so last week we asked a question based on my personal experience. Um, <laughs> when going out with your significant other, which sex do you find is more brazen to talk to someone in front of their significant other? The options were men, woman, or no one because I punch first. And uh, everyone, the, the poll reflected my experience. 100% of the votes said that women are more brazen to talk to a man in front of his girlfriend. I like the way that you were most emphatic about that. Right. So that Reddy and I could just be like, hey, listen, yep. I, mm-hmm. that's what the survey said. Nah, good thing I worked on my arms today. <laughs> All right. So this week we're asking, uh, do you believe that in order to stay faithful or loyal in a relationship, you can't be on social media. Ooh. Your options are, yes, social media is too tempting. No, it's called control. Or it doesn't matter. Trust no one regardless. Oh, so head over to hashtag Vibe105 on Twitter to make your vote count. Oh, my goodness. That's a spicy beatball. Is that, that is related spicy. to No Better Take from No Better Nina today? It's actually music news, funny enough. But, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting because I, I thought for sure this was a preview for the No Better Take. No, I did. I did debate it when I saw it, but I was like, oh, "Okay, you want to?" Okay, that's that is actually spicy. Read it one more time, just for everyone to hear it. Okay, do you believe that in order to stay faithful or loyal in a relationship, you can't be on social media? Yes, social media is too tempting. No, it's called control, or it doesn't matter. Trust no one. At hashtag vibe one hundred five on Twitter. Thank you very much, Nina, for that poll question of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, at hashtag. Vibe 105. I've been noticing y'all have been slacking on your voting. That is unacceptable. Okay. I'm going to hold all of y'all who listen to us every week 
responsible for going out there and sharing and liking and reposting that poll question because I really want to know what people think about this. I think it's nonsense. You are who you are. Social media and your presence on social media should just be an extension of who you are already. So you shouldn't have to worry about unless your creep game or your stalker game or your player game is on a level where you need to conceal or you like have a secret account. You know, people who have secret accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's normal, right? People would. No, it's not normal. I think it is. Isn't it? People having I think multiple Reddy's accounts. In terms of Finsta's, but like Finsta is different from a secret account. Like Finsta is kind of secret, but it's more like, you know, people have the persona of who they are in social media and then their Finsta is who they really are in real life and like only their closest friends and family followed them on there. I think that's what Reddy's thinking of. Uh, old, old guy question. Old guy question. Yeah. I think Red, I think Reddy Fox is going to ask you the same question. What is Finsta? Fake Insta. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, come on, you. That's guy. not what I was thinking, though. But sure. <laughs> not what I was sense. thinking at all. But yeah. It, I, okay. Well, I would say. Well, I say I have multiple accounts. I don't have. I don't have a fake account, but I do have multiple accounts. Some people create accounts just so that they can be more anonymous and spy on other people. Yeah, shout out to my boyfriend's ex-girlfriend. Oh, sure. There you go. <laughs> I think as an example. When they say, you know, when they say things like social media is a double-edged sword that cuts, you know, both in the positive direction and the negative direction, I would have to say that that aspect of it is definitely the negative direction in terms of people feeling that they need to create a fake profile to be who they really are. That's yeah. devious. All right, yeah. we'll talk about it. We'll save it for music news because okay. I think you got an old guy perspective on this. Well, I am an old guy. Yeah. In age, in age, not at heart. In heart, I'm like, I'm like 16. Okay. Going on 24. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, enough about that. Make sure, of course, you head over to at hashtag Vibe 105 to make your vote count in our poll question of the week. Do you believe that in order to stay in a faithful, loyal relationship, you can't be on social media? Yes, uh, social media is too tempting. No, it's called control or it doesn't matter. Trust no one. I hope people don't pick that third one. Somebody is going to put that actually. People have that tattooed on their bodies. Trust no one. Trust no one. No. Well, you uh, trust us to head over to at hashtag Vibe105 to make your vote count. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Have You Heard. See, I reversed the order. I flipped it this time. Great. I'm trying to do something different each week. You're awesome. Uh, I, I am. Thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have something that I, uh, I'm going to take a few minutes to talk about this initiative. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with uh, myself, Solitaire, and the work that I do in terms of the community work, you'll be familiar with the organization I work with called FU Project. The F, of course, uh, stands for forgiveness, for forgive you. <laughs> for Forgive Yourself. And uh, it is an organization that is based around restorative justice, about providing safe spaces to have important conversations about uh, the criminal justice system. We do a lot of works on both uh, the community level as well as within the criminal justice system. And this week, I am proud to announce that the FU organization, the FU project in the partnership with Marked this is a, it's a, it's an organization that is a platform that is an, uh, sorry, let me just, it's not an organization. It's a platform 
and a creative agency that uses art as a community engagement tool to connect, empower, and provide access to communities to showcase their talent. That's marked. It's spelled M-A-R-T-K apostrophe D. Lots of details to go into, but basically we partnered with them in addition to Puma Canada to create a sneaker design program for young men in custody, ladies and gentlemen. That means that we've got seven inmates to design a shoe, to learn how to design a shoe while they were in jail. It's awesome, but you know, wow. you, I just got to say, it's Puma. What did I say? Never mind. What did I say? It, I said Puma Canada. Okay, it sounded like you said Puma, but <laughs> oh. never mind. No, I said Puma. Okay, go on. Uh, so listen, uh, during the during uh, the winter of 2021, we had young men in this medium security institution in Ontario uh, learn the specifics on sneaker design and marketing campaigns. Uh, we also made it a bit more challenging and turned it into a pitch contest. And on their graduation day, they received industry advice from heavy hitter Dwayne Dwayne Edwards, ladies and gentlemen, he is a Nike executive with over 30 years of experience designing shoes. Jordans, you wear Jordans. Nina, do you know what Jordans are? Uh, yeah, um, I actually, my boyfriend bought me a pair for Valentine's Day and I've worn them twice. They're the black cat fours and he gets mad that I never wear them. Okay. Well, Dwayne du- <laughs> Edwards is one of the designers of the original Air Jordan. Wow. So this is a legitimate like heavyweight in the sneaker industry. He was one of the panel of judges as well as providing advice from Nike. Young... From Nike, I hate when you say Nike. Just stop saying Nike. Yeah, please. I didn't <laughs> want to say it because both... I already might have made a mistake with the whole Puma thing, so I was just leaving him alone. No, we already both did the cringe face when you said. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. Are you on Nike's payroll? No. no. We like I know that that's how you say it, but I he hate always it. says Nike. But this is an amazing thing that you guys are doing here. This this uh, mm-hmm. this project, I love it. Thank thank you. Yes, it focusing is on the on the importance. <laughs> yes, and not how I pronounce it. But anyway, listen, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for more details, because I I could spend a lot of time talking about it, but it was very near and dear to my heart to see that this young man who won the pitch competition is actually getting his sneaker designed by Puma Canada. And there's a t-shirt that we're going to be giving out to some special uh, people who helped support the project. And this is part of the restorative justice initiative that the FE was so engaged in trying to provide opportunities for men in custody to really develop themselves and, and come out with, you know, marketable skill sets and a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is really uh, some of the tremendous work that, we've been doing inside the institution. So I want to shout out, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Marked. I want to shout out Dwayne Edwards for being a part of this. I want to shout out uh, who are all the all the judges that were a part of it. And make sure you go over to at Project F Word to find out more details about that initiative. That's great. And you, did you not mention some of the judges like Katrina Lopez, 40, OVO 40? <laughs> yeah, because it, there's so, so much to talk about. It's it so is, but that's pretty good. Heart, but I'm, I don't want to go like into too much depth, but yes, uh, 40, obviously Drake's producer, uh, you know, president of OVO, um, 40 was uh, one of the judges, Katrina Lopez. She's a artist manager. Tara Muldoon is obviously the, uh, the FU executive director, Mark Thompson, uh, founder of the dope content, uh, content creator company. That's pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting. The design launched officially. You can go over to at, 
project F word to see the design. It launched this uh, Wednesday. So they're going to be doing t-shirts and a limited run of the sneakers. This has never been done before in North America where an inmate has designed a sneaker that's going to be, that's going to be actually manufactured by a major sneaker retailer. So I want to shout that out. And uh, moving on, I think we probably have only a little bit of time to talk on this. The war against the homeless, ladies and gentlemen, continues. If you were paying attention to the news uh, on Wednesday, the city evicted unhoused people at the Lamport Stadium Park that's that's right beside the stadium, which is literally uh, right down the street from where I live. Um, 26 people were arrested after Toronto crews dismantled an encampment at Lamport Stadium. They began to forcibly evict people living in an encampment at Lamport Stadium in Liberty Village on Wednesday, one day after uh, another enforcement action led to arrest of people at Alexandra Park. As you can see, as things start to open up in the city and more people are going to be wanting to use public spaces, you can see that the police and the city are starting to clamp down on these encampments, these tent cities. And I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about this issue? Do you feel like the, the city has been handling it uh, basically with, with, uh, with all the care that they can, or is there, do you feel that they could do something better? I'll go to you, Nina, first. Um, I feel like the city can definitely do something better. Yeah. And I feel like this is a waste of resources and a waste of time and taxpayer money. Yeah, Nina said it all ding, ding, ding. Absolutely. Like, there's got to be a better way to go about doing this. And if you see the video footage of like, you can't believe this is happening in your city in Toronto that you're seeing like, you know, confrontations with people and the police like this, like, to remove homeless people that don't want to be in shelters during a pandemic. Like, there's Mm got to be a better way to do this. Like, it looks so bad from all fronts in every way. Like, I don't know. I don't have the answers, though. And, that's, you know, it's a complex situation. And I have to say, man, when I was watching the video, I have to really commend the people, the protesters who go down to the front lines. Because, I mean, these are issues that we talk about as, you know, as, you know, citizens of the city and and issues that are near and dear to us. But I really kind of take a step back and I think, like, I don't know if I have that that uh that instinct to go down there and when you right. see the protesters going down i have to tip my hats to them for for really because it was a dangerous situation the police as you said the video was pretty aggressive like the way that they were you know it didn't feel like there was there could have been a lot more care taken right. to the some issue. officers got injured as well too apparently three uh police officers were also injured in the melee so there were injuries on both sides, not to try to equivocate at all, but um, it's just it's a yeah. bad situation all around because I'm sure there are cops that probably don't want to be down there doing that, but yeah. they're having to be there because it's their job to be on the police force or whatever. But the city's yeah. got to find a better way to deal with this than what they're doing right now because it's it's not good for anybody. Yeah, I feel like, you know, when it comes to the homeless issue, it's almost as though because it doesn't affect and it's not like a visible, like it's not a very visible or present issue that the rest of like people who are in the city that have a job or like have a place to stay might not be top of mind. But I feel like with the pandemic and all the, all the, the, the preparing for opening up, this was clearly going to be an issue. And I know that a lot of homeless people, like advocates for, for, for homeless people have been saying this since last summer, 
Right. So you're right. I feel like there was definitely a much better way to deal with it in a more proactive sense, but this is the result of lack of planning and lack of compassion and understanding the root causes of these issues of homelessness in the city. So and willing to spend money for the wrong reasons, like how much again, how much is the expense for the amount of police that you see down there, mounted police, security, all sorts of stuff like it co- mm-hmm. must be costing taxpayers so much to bully homeless people. Yeah, yeah. It was a, an atrocious scene, but we'll uh, obviously this is something that's going to be playing out in the weeks to come. There's definitely more encampments around the city. Uh, this because these people have been rounded up doesn't mean that we know where they're gonna where they're gonna end up next. So definitely an ongoing issue. But that is all we have time for in terms of have you heard, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you who are tuned into the radio right now, we got to pay some bills. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. For those of you listening to the podcast, stay with us. I, I think it is, it, it's a touchy situation, man. I, I don't know. Because at the end of the day, what, what, what's, what are the alternatives? I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out. Like, what's I, cracking you up, I'm, Nina? Because <laughs> I, I don't know. At the end of the day. I try to find the right words, Nina. Don't laugh at me. I'm, I'm searching my brain because I understand the need for eventually. You see both gonna sides of to, it. They're going to have to clear, they're gonna have to clear these parks. Because, I mean, these are parks that people use that are paid for by taxpayers. So I understand that you realize that these people, if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. It is this, it, it's the nature of the condition that they're living in. I just feel like no matter what point in time that they tried to move them out, it would have been a, a would have been an altercation unless they were proactively preparing them with them for, for where they're going to go or something. Like there's got again, there's there's it's lacking in empathy is what it is, and there needs to be a more empathetic way to go about doing it. Even even if it is that you just send down a social worker one day at a time and they deal with one person, and maybe it takes you a week to deal with that one person, but you get that one person situated somewhere else and then you work on the next person or something like that. Like, I don't know, but that sounds like that could take forever to do it that way as well. But I don't know, but just to send down cops looking like an army with, you know, battalion, like it's crazy. It doesn't, it looks horrible. And then, and, and I mean, obviously the footage, you see the footage is, there's way more context to the whole story for people on the ground, but that footage looks like they just came there and like, yep, we're clearing the park today. Everybody has their marching orders. We're not backing down. Everybody goes. And they went in there with that mentality. They just went in aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. They were like, okay guys, everybody move. And they, you know, sometimes they're like, they'll try to be as like diplomatic and they'll kind of their their posture was definitely like everybody's leaving today can we can we touch on this real quick because i was hoping we would have spoken about it and have you heard but who should be more concerned about who's coming into whose country canadians worried about americans coming in or americans worried about canadians coming in because what i'm seeing here with this border and these dates i'm like what kind of sense is this (laughs) i thought the same thing Ah, we might have to talk about this for politics as usual for a hot second because i think you know why america's doing that because of because you see how like they're they're not doing mix and match vaccines and we are i think that's why they're doing it 
to us. And because we are the only country in the world who had all four, who has all four variants, right? Maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, we uh, were. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But I don't exactly. think they need to be worried about us. I think we need to be worried about them. So for anybody that doesn't know what I'm talking about, the U.S. is saying that Canadians and Mexicans, by the way, <laughs> are not allowed um, into the States. They're keeping the border closed to non-essential travel until August 21st. Whereas here in good old Canada, as of August 9th, if you're fully vaccinated in the States, you're welcome to come on in. So are like they the not land border, right? Pardon? Yeah, the, only the land, only the land border. Yeah, I was going to say, because I know a lot of people who just went to Miami and stayed there for months until we opened up. 100%. I was going to say, I think that um, when it comes to Americans coming to Canada, I, I didn't know that they, that they were strict about their single dose from a same vaccine company. Like, yeah, so is that part of the reason why they're, they're, I, I mean, I don't know. Because they didn't uh, get that, other, they didn't well, give that as a reason. They didn't give it as a reason, but I feel like it could be because remember, even last week we were talking about. I was saying how on CP24 I saw this Canadian couple had to cancel their honeymoon to Barbados because they had a mix and match vaccine. Right, but see, yeah. we're talking about Americans, and I don't think they're that <laughs> smart. I don't think they're. That you smart know what? To... But no, but you know what? America did stop using AstraZeneca way before we did because I was talking to my. I remember talking to my friends in Baltimore, and they're like. We're not even using that. They're not using Johnson & Johnson either. They're just using Pfizer and Moderna. Mm, okay. That's it. Yeah, because they have the factories. They just, they're just they just churning yeah. them out. There. They don't need any of the other ones. That, that, I think we're like, yeah, we're still selling. The, we still have the AstraZeneca of it, don't we? Yeah. Uh, but no, I don't think we're administering it. them anymore. No, right? pharmacies still do. I think pharmacies, if they have doses that are not expired yet, they're trying to get rid of them and administer them. Oh, still. interesting. But the government is not. If you're booking through Ontario government, you won't get... You'll either get Pfizer or Moderna. Hmm. AstraZeneca is like is like the Subway sandwiches of vaccines. <laughs> and what they would just Pfizer had a, like, just had a rough go, man. It was just like setback after setback. And the thing is, in such a tense environment already, you can't have any mistakes. You can't afford to get any bad press. It's like one one bad news, that's it. Yeah. My mom was like, listen, if they're offering me AstraZeneca, I'm not taking it right I, I told you i had a shot at making an appointment for a shopper's drug mart when i was first trying to get registered and i saw that they had astrazeneca and i said nope i'll yeah. wait <laughs> i'll stay i'm not and they said don't shop just get Which the one first did you get again did you get pfizer or moderna moderna, moderna. i'm a modern yeah. man that's <laughs> uh, still count that's still counts it's still it's still it's still the the future the futuristic uh, vaccine I don't care. I don't care, man. Listen. Futuristic. Why is it futuristic? Listen, if you listen, if you are if you like the latest, if you're like one of those, like if you're a sneakerhead or you like the nate the latest fashion drop or you like the latest like up to date iPhone drop, you want the latest greatest technology when it comes to vaccines. No, you want to get that new new. I want to get that fresh, that fresh mRNA, like that new science juice. I don't want, I don't want that ancient, that old technology shit. Nah, man. You're done. Anyways, let's get back into radio so we can get closer to, yeah. I know my bread's going to be finished proofing at 10, so. Okay, so. Out of body. Go ahead. Start up. 
Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the program. Of course, you are tuned into hashtag right here on Vibe 105. Yours truly, Solitaire, DJ Ready Fox, No Better Nina. And now, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into our segment known as Politics as Usual, curated by the one and only Ready Fox. Okay, well, thanks. That's a nice introduction. So kind of you. <laughs> Thanks. Only so, the best for you. You only deserve the best. Right. So we're we're gonna see again. We always run out of time. I always want to have more than we have time to talk about. But uh, we have to talk about and aggressive anti-vaxxers. Now I don't know what can be done about this. It just seems like there's a small group of people in the city that are anti-vaxxer, which is fine. I don't. If you're against getting vaccinated, that's fine. But when you're attacking other people about it that's when you lose me. And, uh, and we're starting to see that happening now. Businesses are starting to get attacked. There was a website that was registering businesses for people to know if their staff was vaccinated or not. And businesses on that website were starting to get um, negative messages, false reviews and all sorts of stuff. They had to shut down the website and all that. So we want to talk about that. Um, we want to talk about possibility of vaccine passports again. This is starting to become a thing again now. We're starting to see it in uh, France as well as England and all that. So it's something that Doug Ford is saying he does not want to do. And I want to talk about, is Doug Ford shirking his responsibility by mm -hmm. not wanting to do it? Or is he just kind of leaving it up to the businesses? And is it fair to businesses for them to have to take on this responsibility? So mm -hmm. I want to get your thoughts on that. We have to follow up as well, too, with our conversation about Seneca College. They were one of the first institutions to decide to say it's mandatory to have a vaccine in order to be on campus or to be in classes, and especially for students living in residences as mm -hmm. well, too. So we're going to follow up with that because there's actually a university in the States, Indiana University. They got sued because they had that, um, that mandate for their students. So we'll talk about Wrong. that as well. Wrong. Okay. So you already feel like that's, that's not a good look? What do you, nope. Why do you say that, Solitaire, real quick? Because there's options. You have options. The only way you can sue to me is if you don't have another option to get your education. If this is the only way that you could do it, and then you're being forced. But no, there are options right. available for you to get your education, get your diploma, get your degree. So you have options. You can't say that you're being forced to do anything. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, so let's get with that first uh, story that I started off with, because I find this to be really interesting. Do you, is this something, do you think this is a useful, do you think it's a good idea? There was this website called safetodo or safetodo.ca. And yeah. what the idea for this website was, is was they, they list businesses in the city that are open for business, and they let you know whether or not their staff is vaccinated or not. And mm -hmm. a lot of businesses signed up for it. I think they had at least over 100. Or maybe they had about 50 businesses on it. But the thing is that people who are anti-vax started to send them negative messages, started giving them false reviews, the whole nine to the point where they had to shut the website down. Now, let me ask you guys, first of all, is the website a good idea or do you think it was just going to be problematic from the jump? Um, I think it was going to be problematic from the jump. And I also feel like if you're a business owner and you're disclosing whether or not your employees are vaccinated or not, like I, I do hope you ran that by them because some people might not want that information out there either. Right. Right. So I do feel like it was going to be shut down regardless. Um, Cause if it wasn't the anti-vaxxers who were going to do it, an employee would probably complain. A group of employees would probably get together at some point. So yeah. Solitaire. I think, I think it was, uh, I think it was and is, a good idea 
Um, but like you, I think you I, either you. I mean, I probably read it, but you you obviously will probably touch on it. It's not because it's an important community issue. It's become so politicized that it's not really about the vaccine. It's almost about the choice of whether or not you you can or you should take the vaccine. And I know some people were debating that, you know, people who have been vaccinated or posting about their vaccinations are kind of like virtue signaling. But I think the more, in my opinion, in my observation, the more aggressive kind of negative connotation is definitely coming from the anti-vaxxers trying to prove a point. And I, uh, I think the website had good intentions and I'm, I'm sorry that it had to kind of take the route that it did because they were trying to do a good thing, I think. Let me ask you guys, where, where do you think that anger is coming from, though, to the point where people are doing these kind of things like malicious acts to, you know, give negative false reviews about a place they've never been only because they see them on this website? Where is this anger coming from? Um, <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like it just feels like, you know, when there's like that one person that's jealous of you. <laughs> like this is the kind of vibe they're giving me like like that's the way they attack though is like as if they're jealous but like they're not jealous they're just they're they're like these little like demons that are just mad that nobody's listening to them like this is what i visualize in my head when i hear about anti-vaxxers and this is genuinely how i view them they're just like they're just like bad right See, <laughs> but this, the things that no matter there's no argument that you're if you didn't want to get the vaccination to begin with, I don't think anyone's going to be able to change your mind now at this point. Mm -hmm. Right. So I just don't understand why you want to lash out at a business that wants to let people know, well, our staff is vaccinated. If you want to, um, you know, come here, there was actually a guy in a, that has a gym in Etobicoke who flipped the script. And he said that only people who are not vaccinated are allowed to enter his premises because he doesn't necessarily believe in the vaccination. But I think he's more, he's trying to make a political point. But even with that, like you could put the jealousy aspect on that because he's jealous of businesses who are accepting vaccinated people. And those businesses are getting more business from all these people. So now he's just like jealous, you know? Did you hear about that solitaire about this guy that uh, opened up this gym? It's a boxing gym. I think it's any Tobico. And he's it saying is, yeah. that um, only people who are unvaccinated are allowed on his premises. Uh, I have not heard about it. No, you didn't hear about it? I have not heard about it, and uh, I don't care because I am vaccinated, so I wouldn't right. be allowed to go anywhere. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, well, it's inevitable, I think, that we're going to have to deal with this sooner or later in Ontario and Canada in general when it comes to having a vaccine certificate. Some sort of official government documentation to show to people to say, like, I've been vaccinated or not, because... We're starting to see more and more events happen. There's a festival actually in Ottawa called the Escapade Music Festival that's going to be happening in September. And wow. the organizers are saying it's only going to be open to people who are vaccinated, that they feel that's the best way to have a safe event. And um, one of the companies that was on that list that was receiving negative um, reviews, uh, People's Pint Brewery Company, their staff, they actually all volunteered to take a picture and put it online and they got so much negative feedback. And the same person that's uh, organizing this music festival, he's also getting negative feedback. But see, let me vent. Okay, you okay. okay? Go ahead, vent. <laughs> Just really quickly, that's the issue that I have, and I I, I say this to people, and you know, when, whenever I, number one, I don't get into this discussion. I don't talk about it online. 
I like to talk about on the radio because I don't have to face the reaction or like the, 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 the immediate like blowback or whatever. So I get to say my piece, but in my, you know, we talk about it. I think it's important in my position as a public figure to, to express that. I think that it is important that we get vaccinated, right. but I don't make a point of, you know, shoving it down people's throats all the time. like get vaccinated or judging people. Like I'm not one of these people that are vocal about, get vaccinated or I hate you or you're a waste. I am completely open to the idea that people are apprehensive for a variety of reasons. I think that the reasons that you have for your hesitation will, will affect my judgment as to why you're choosing not to. So I think there's, it's important to understand why, but this idea of people getting angry at people who are choosing to be vaccinated is backwards. to me. I don't get it myself. Like, I, I don't I'm have not down with it. that, and I and I, I think that there's there's there is virtue signaling and there's bad kind of like people acting in bad faith or like kind of like holier than thou on from both sides. But I will definitely say that that from the anti vaxxer side, if you are saying that this is science juice and everybody who are taking it are sheep, in my eyes, I would see it the way that I see myself as being vaccinated and people who choose not to be vaccinated. I'm like, hey. That's, That's your, your choice. choice. You're basing it on whatever you research or you are your comfort level. And that's it. That's to me, that's the end of the discussion. But the fact that you're going to take it a step further and try to sabotage these places and these people for choosing to be vaccinated to me, lets, in, lets me know that that's where those are, those people have more of a personal issue with it than it being uh, a public safety. Because I think most people who get vaccinated, I will, if you were to ask them, like even yourself, Ray Fox, who was hesitant, the reason that you got it, I would, you know, tell me if I'm right or I'm wrong, is because you feel like being a part of society is a responsible thing to do. Something right? like that. Sure, yes. And it, it, I was just seeing, like, way down the road for how difficult it was going to be to even do anything in the city if you want to, to the point where it just was like, you know what, I'm just getting vaccinated. But um, I want to move on you to this sat- room. Yeah, go ahead. Go no, ahead. It's, it's okay. But I, I just wanted to move on to this real quick because um, I don't know how I feel about this because sometimes we used to criticize Doug Ford and call him Dictator Doug because <laughs> he was acting like a dictator. But now I'm like, he's kind of, I feel like he's taking the easy way out. So right now, the federal government, the provincial government, they're not implementing a vaccine passport system. They're reluctant to do it right now. But Doug Ford is saying he's not interested in it. He's not doing it at all. We're not going to have a split society. That's what he was saying. He's saying the answer is no, we're not going to do it. Just no, we aren't doing it. Simple as that. This is him talking in a press conference. And it's, he said it's up to the federal government to decide about people crossing the border. And we'll just see, see what they decide to do. Do you feel like, first of all, two questions. Aren't we already in a split society as it is right now? It seems like it to me. But second of all, is he? is it fair for businesses to have to be the ones to decide if they're going to put the burden of proof of vaccination on the businesses to have to police this now, so to speak, or is it right for Doug Ford to say, no, we're not going to implement it. Let the businesses decide how they're going to proceed. I feel like he's taking the easy way out, but I'm really on the fence about this. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I personally think that Doug Ford is taking the easy way out because we just saw a prime example right there with that website you're talking about. There, These businesses are putting out there that their employees are vaccinated. It's safe to come here for other vaccinated people. And then look what happens. These anti-vaxxers take over, take down the businesses. And like without a, a, like a, a provincial government, some sort of authorization from an authority in place, it, it, it's never going to work. And I, I, we are a thousand percent already in a split society. Like you're already hearing about, honestly, my prediction is with this whole talks of the fourth wave, like they're already setting it up to make sure that it becomes split at that point, because they're already saying the fourth wave is going to affect unvaccinated people, which is already setting it up to let you know that if you're vaccinated, you'll be allowed to continue and do as you please. But if you're unvaccinated, you have to be in lockdown. So we're already headed that direction anyways. And I just think, yeah, it's just, I mean, were we in a split society when we, when we all got the HPV shot? I don't know. <laughs> you know, HPV, I don't think I got an HPV shot. I, I, think, that's, I think that's your generation. So what do you yeah. say, Solitaire, though? Like, um, first of all, do you think he's shirking his responsibilities or do you yes. think like he's doing 100%. the right thing by letting the businesses kind of handle this? Uh, you know, if I was his political advisor, I would 100% say to him that that's the right move because you passed the buck. You don't have to make that judgment call. So people aren't going to look to you and say one way or the other, oh, he said this, so he's creating this. So I think politically, that was the best move to protect his ass. Right. So you 100%. think that's, all he, that's the only reason why he's doing it, you're saying? Of course. Yeah? Of course. Because I think that most people... You know, as soon as the lockdown first happened and they were, you know, there was a race to find this vaccine, this has been the conversation, vaccine passports. And, you know, depending on what level of the conversation you're at, some people were who were a little bit more on the the uh, the theories that were circulating around, like the power grab and everything that's going on in terms of governments trying to, you know, whatever, suppress the people or control the people. They were talking about vaccine passport. This is what it's about. It's almost like the, those people who believe that the, the the virus was created in a lab in Wuhan are the mm-hmm. people who are saying they're doing it to create these vaccine passports. So it's like, you know, it's already a touchy subject, but the fact of the matter is it's it, we are in a society where there's people who are vaccinated and according to the science, if you believe in the science, that's helping to prevent at least more hospitalizations for the extreme uh, right. the extreme uh, exposure to COVID or the extreme manifestations of it. And then the people who are not vaccinated, you're, you're going to suffer more. You know, can I just say a PSA real quick again? Because you were joking before about how unvaccinated people are like we describe them as wildlings or whatever. But a lot of people, and I'm saying this again, if you're vaccinated, you still kind of have to do, if you are being responsible or being careful in terms of you know, whatever it was, washing your hands or keeping your distance, wearing a mask indoors and places like that, you being vaccinated, you kind of still have to do all that stuff. Even now, like just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean that the pandemic is over. And um, even having a conversation with my family doctor this week, he was like, he's fully vaccinated, but he still wouldn't get onto a on a plane right now. He wouldn't go into a, a full restaurant right now because it's like it wouldn't make sense. You can still potentially get sick you know, even though you're vaccinated and there have been some cases, not a lot, but a couple where fully vaccinated people have still gotten very sick and stuff. So Mm -hmm. I'm just wanting to implore people that even if you're fully vaccinated, you should still be taking the necessary precautions that you were taking beforehand. 
Listen, I, anytime I go indoors, if I go to the convenience store, if I go to the bank, if I go to the supermarket, I wear my mask. Even when I, as soon as I leave my apartment, my condo, I put on my mask. I'm, right. Even if I'm by myself, if it's at midnight, like I, none of my behaviors in terms of being out in public have changed and I'm double dosed up. What about you, you Nina? Um, I think what's it called? The, the, the problem with this is like, when people heard about the vaccine, like everyone is like, okay, if we get the vaccine, we can do what we want. And that's what people's mentality was. And I think that's why a lot of vaccinated people are like wilding out. Like, yeah, I still wear my mask. Like even when I'm walking through the gym, like you have to wear your mask and stuff. Or like when I'm right. going out and stuff like that, like I make sure I wear my mask. And I've always been, even before COVID, I've always washed my hands. I've been obsessive about that. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, like, I, I think that's the problem is that the, that's the mentality. And like a lot of people also think like me, like maybe like younger generations and kids who like, are trying to still have a summer think like me it's like once doug opens it i'm doing it <laughs> you know right so i think that also plays a part as well um in that sense but okay. yeah well let me say this now because uh john tory was actually on doing an interview today and he was saying he's trying to implore doug ford to look into having some sort of vaccine certificate or vaccine passport maybe even a digital one that you can have on your phone so people have an easy way of proving whether or not they've been vaccinated because he's seeing it being as it's practical a necessary thing that we're going to need to have for people to be able to do some of the things that they want to do in the city we already having we're already having like this kind of puzzle mismatch mishmash of different provinces doing different things so let me ask you guys this as well do you think the federal government needs to step in and maybe have something that's, you know, custom across the whole country? Or should the provinces be left individually to do what they see fit? Um, I feel like custom across the whole country. Make it simple and make it work for the whole country. That way, it's just like... Like, I don't know, it's just easier, especially when it comes to travel, bro. There's going to be so many problems when it comes to travel for Canadians. I'm already not liking it. Like, yeah, I make make the federal government do it. Like, I don't understand, bro. They're waiting. They, they did this with the vaccines even, too. Like, they're waiting until the last minute when all these other countries are doing it. Like, follow the lead. Right. Like, what are we doing? Like, we're going to be left behind again. The what? same way we were with the vaccines. The exact reason why we were the last place in the whole world to open up. Like... But, but 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 Nina though, look at the case counts. The case counts are rising everywhere. Except yeah, I saw, yeah, I saw right that. now, in terms of the globe and how countries are doing, we're like up there for the countries that are actually in a good situation. No. Apparently, New Zealand and Hong Kong are there. Are the other place actually even Australia is starting to see their cases rise? Obviously, we know about Tokyo. We'll talk about that in sports, but. The yep. states, they're starting to see their cases go up again as well, too, because of this whole Delta variant thing. Um, in London, Europe, it's they're seeing their cases go up as well, too. So we're actually looking pretty good in Canada it is right now. But exactly, Ontario doesn't want to do it. Doug Ford says he's not going to do it. Alberta said they're not going to do it. Manitoba said they're going to do it. They're going to have some sort of uh, proof of vaccination. And Who Quebec even lives in Manitoba? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Quebec said they'll only do it if they see a rise in um in their cases in September. Uh, uh. Hey man, listen, I... Nina, you're a communist first of all because uh, <laughs> that's what that's what you know. Anybody on the side of 
anybody that believes that the government should impose any kind of restrictions on freedoms or some kind of passport for vaccine is looked at as a communist and it's like, you know, the government's trying to control you. It's, it's, if you're not prepared to get into the, the nitty gritty and the nuance and the actual like details and everything that affects it, it's such right. a hard thing to really discuss, man, because it's not that straightforward. Right. I, I believe, and you know, I would even say this because I wasn't, part of me, part of my, my rebelness is one of the reasons why I got vaccinated because I was just like, everybody's like, you're going to die. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to, at that point I was like, I'm going to get vaccinated. It's a stupid reason, but nevertheless, I'm vaccinated. But point being is I've never, you know, even if I wasn't going to get vaccinated, because like I said, from the beginning, I'm not going to be first, but I'm not going to be last. Right. I would still understand why it's important to have something like vaccine passports for a pandemic. But again, if you believe it's a pandemic, I think most people who understand the urgency and the, and the ultimate health, uh, the risk to global health would say that there are four vaccine passports because you understand again, like people say that it's, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's there is a lot of inequality in the in access to vaccines, but in Canada, there's not. Right. There is not lack of access to vaccine. The only obstacle is you have to be patient, and but it's free, and there's no other like there's no other barrier or obstacle to you getting it. So, I think that vaccine passports are necessary. Whether or not you 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 are opposed to them because you think it's uh, whatever communism, right? I, I don't know. Man. Okay, so there was a recent survey that came out, an Angus Reid poll, and seventy nine percent of Canadians approved the idea of a vaccine passport for international travel, but only fifty five percent were in favor of showing proof of vaccination for things like going to the movies or going to restaurants. Now, um, they just started a health pass in France where it's mandatory now for healthcare workers to be vaccinated. And they're actually doing that in Greece as well. And once they implemented that, they saw huge protests. Do you think that's something that we should have here in Canada as well for front care workers, for people working in medicine or working in long-term care homes? Should it be mandatory for them to be vaccinated? Um, I feel like, yeah. <laughs> There's but... no right answers here, Nina. No, I feel like, yeah, like every time we talk about mandatory vaccinations and stuff, I literally just always think about all the other vaccinations we've been mandatory to have to do things like go right. to school. So like, yeah, like if you're going to be working with a vulnerable population, like, I'm sorry, if I was having a baby right now during the pandemic, I would not want an unvaccinated doc- doctor to, I would not want unvaccinated doctors or nurses to right. take my baby because like that baby's coming fresh into the world with nothing, right. no juices in its vein or anything like, yeah. you know. So yeah. yeah, the protests were out of control in France and uh, in uh, I can't forget remember or Greece as Greece. well too. So Solitaire, what's your thoughts on that real quick? We're almost out of time. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's uh, I don't know, man. Uh, listen, is we I know on hashtag we have a, a a track record of solving problems in twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, but at this one, this situation we never is, solve the problems though. <laughs> I mean, we try our we try our hardest, but. It's it's so difficult because at the end of the day, I would have to say that weighing, you know, high level, if I were to if it were to come down to saying yes or no, 
I understand based on my understanding and everything that I've done. And I wouldn't, I'm not going to say that I've done like some kind of academic research, but I've the, the, the experts that I rely on and I trust in mm-hmm. whether they're in, you know, in, in the, from the city or personally based on those, the explanations I've got, I understand why vaccine uh, vaccination passports are necessary. I, I really think that that's the only way I could put it because there's no point in going back and forth. I think everybody at this stage of the game has dug in their heels and are firmly entrenched in believing one way or the other. And to me, I'm like, yo, we'll, we'll, get, we'll just have to see now, won't we? Well, I'm still just live and let live for the most part. I'm not trying to denigrate anybody that doesn't want to get it. I mean, are, are, are you like, if somebody gets on the, if you get on your elevator in your apartment, and you're wearing your mask and somebody gets on and they're not wearing their mask. Are you going to, are you going to say, Hey, where's your mask? Are no, you going to get I, off the elevator? No, exactly. The same with me. That's what I'm saying. You're not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not the police. I don't work for <laughs> Doug Ford. I don't work for the police. I don't work for the city. I'm only going to do what's best for me and mine. I'm going to wear my mask and exercise everything that I believe is safe for myself and others. And then that's it. All right. Okay, well, that's it for politics as usual. We're gonna. This is gonna be an ongoing conversation because I feel Clearly. like uh, Doug Ford is. I don't know if he's trying to wait until the election. That's he can't wait a whole year to, and he's gonna feel more and more pressure to from Doug Ford, probably from Justin Trudeau as well, to implement some sort of system for people to be able to prove their vaccination status. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I I don't think he can avoid it, and we're gonna keep talking about it until he makes a decision i guess or until until everybody gets vaccinated who knows one or the other but he's still encouraging everybody to get vaccinated but he's just dead set against having a vaccine passport and yeah, that's it I for politics as usual well uh, that's a that was a very very uh easily we can go into like you could have like a whole like workshop over the weekend talking about this with a, with a, a panel of experts but thank you ready fox for taking us through that vaccine uh, vaccination passports are definitely going to be a conversation in the months to come uh right now though we have to take a break and pay some bills for those of you who are listening to us on vibe on five stay tuned we'll be right back for those of you listening to the podcast stay with us i tell you boy i don't know what the like next summer is going to look like. I wonder if, I I think we might've even have touched on this or mentioned this in like one of the previous episodes, but I feel like the huge visceral reaction to vaccines is because it's a needle. I feel like that's why you think it is. I feel like uh, I don't I wish know I thought of, I wish you had said this during the radio time because it's, it's not, it's, it has nothing to do with the needle thing. I think it's just people don't trust the government People don't trust. I, so I think Solly's right because people, I, it's like injecting into your vein, right? I think that if and when, because I think they're talking about potentially developing a pill form of it, I have a sneaking suspicion that there won't be as much resistance to really? the vaccine. Take it by, I, I don't know, because people take all kinds of drugs for yeah. different ailments. And I think that, like, no, but there's a difference think, between drugs that you're taking for different ailments and a drug that the government is saying everybody has to take this drug. They're, that's 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 what the difference is. That's why for me, it's I think it's from a lack of trust of the government. It's like you're in an in information bubble where you're hearing certain things 
that's part of it as well too I think, yeah, I think it's a, a combination of both, but I do think if it was a pill or something, people would do it because even like, like people go to like naturopath doctors, right. For like natural solutions to things. And like some people like even take shrooms for things. Like, no, but th- those people, I mentioned those people, they're, they're a different group of people altogether. They're not going to take any vaccination, any pills or anything. They're, uh-huh. they, but that's the way they live their life. And yeah, I can 100% respect that. I'm thinking about the people that, don't they'll gladly take a tylenol if they have a headache or you know they'll get a shot for um i don't know one of the old time like yellow fever or something Mm -hmm. like that like it's not a question it's only because we're in this time right now where everything has been so politicized and people are getting their information from different sources they're everyone's got their own information reality and I think that's really what the thing is of this. Like, we wouldn't have had this problem without the internet. Hmm. No, I, I, I would, that is 100% facts. But uh, we also wouldn't have had as much information or been as aware of the whole, like... Double-edged sword, I guess. I don't you know, know it's, but... uh, it's a... Yeah, you know, it, it's, a, it's too bad we didn't get to the doom scrolling because I feel like that's a big part of it, too. Like, this whole idea of, like, the artificial, the, the AI that's creating these algorithms as far as feeding you whatever it is that you're researching. It's like this whole confirmation bias still, that's happening in a hyperloop. I guess so. The thing is that I choose what I want to take a look at. I understand how algorithms work and that. But that's why you're, that's why you're more, way, way more balanced than that. <laughs> you are way more balanced, Reddy Fox, than the okay. person who was like, Fuck that vaccine. I'm not taking that science juice. If you're going to take it, you're going to turn into a zombie when it's activated by the 5G and the fucking mon- the monkey DNA that they injected. Like, you're not at that level. You're saying you're, you're, your apprehension is healthy. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, man. I, I, listen, and that's, again, for me, part of the reason, again, like, you know, I'm I'm a little bit of an idiot, so don't listen. Don't don't take me. <laughs> <laughs> but part of one of like I remember there was a belligerence in me that was like after hearing all of the negative, yo, this science juice and it's gonna, it's gonna whatever, it's gonna make you sterile or it's gonna do this and it's gonna do that. I'm like, yo, how do you know? If you're saying that this, if you're saying that this vaccine, there hasn't been enough studies to say that it's safe, then how? Where are the studies to say that this is what it's going to do? That's going to have the adverse effects. Like you can't have not enough studies on one side, but then all this proof that it's going to do all this stuff on the other side. It's like, what are you Uh, you basing? I still don't even care about all that. It's just, I just don't understand. Why are you attacking other people? Why are you sending negative messages to restaurants because their staff wanted to let the world know that they're fully vaccinated? That's where you lose me. This like, I actually, if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's okay with me. It really is. It doesn't matter to me. But the thing is that where where's the anger part coming from where you want to give false reviews to a restaurant or you want to send death threats to the owner because he wanted to post a picture on their website showing that their staff is fully vaccinated? Where's the, I, Where is that anger coming from? I don't I, get it. I, I really believe. Are they all that... Scorpios? Maybe they're all Scorpios. <laughs> We don't do that. We don't do that. <laughs> um, I really believe, honestly, like, you know, you know how sometimes 
when you're you have a belief in something and you're belittled for your belief mm-hmm. i think this is i think this is kind of like that visceral reaction to being labeled as a conspiracy theorist or oh you're just kind of buying into this like hope this, this hokey nonsense Could. i think that this is a backlash to that now there's a science there's a scientist i i, I mentioned it I think I, I'm sure I've sp- spoken about this. There's a documentary about the Flat Earth Society. Yes, you've mentioned it many times. And there's a scientist who said that the reason that there is kind of like a, an aversion to science is not their fault for being skeptical. It's mm-hmm. our fault as the I'm, I'm not obviously not me, but like the <laughs> science community for speaking in a way that's condescending as opposed to speaking in a way that's more like presenting information and having an exchange yeah. and say, okay, I understand you believe that you have your right to believe that. Yeah. Why do you believe that? I'm in and that, in, camp, in yeah. that conversation, instead of kind of looking down our noses and we do this too. We're like, oh, oh no, crazy. for sure. I, for flat earthers, I'm in that camp. 100%. I look down my nose at flat earthers. Absolutely. <laughs> But well, that's the thing. I think that's I think that is part and parcel like the whole society, especially when you talk about like, you know, when I watch like Stephen Colbert or, or you'll watch all these like late night shows where they'll just blast people for not taking the vaccine. I think the the pushback. And I don't this think that's fair. Though. Like heightened. Huh? I don't think that's fair. I think this is di- this is a little different. This again, the, there's a big difference between not believing that the earth is round when like it's i don't even know how you even went down that mental road but this vaccine thing this is different this is there's layers to this more so to me when it comes to again trust in the government and all this other stuff i will say because we're we're going way long for the podcast time but um i actually think it comes from a fear of being left out of society i think that's where this anger is coming from I don't know. That makes sense. That's what I, I but I don't think that's something I don't think that's something that you would want to say per se like be like, you know, I'm scared of like, you know, being left behind or this or that or whatever, but I'm trying to rationalize why you would be so angry to the point that you would go out of your way to send, you know, yeah. hateful messages to a restaurant. You don't know those people. You're only angry at them because they publicly said we're fully vaccinated at this place if you want to come here to eat and feel comfortable being here. Like, I don't know. Could that be it? A fair of... I think so. Mm-hmm. I genuinely think so. I think that's a really good uh, perspective, actually. You think so? Yeah, I, 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 I think I think it's... I think it's... That definitely is is in the soup of issues that, that people who are anti... would call themselves anti-vaxxers. Because it's not... Like, I respect everybody's choice for their own based on their own personal experience. But I think that ultimately on both sides, even though I am vaccinated, I am more aligned with people who are like, I need more information Uh because even, even me as being vaccinated, maybe I'm just like that kind of like a loose cannon where I'm like, I'm willing to be part of that social experiment because I think that it's ultimately (laughs) for the, I think, I would look at it as my responsibility of being a, a, mem- a productive member of society, of you know, living with people. It's part of the compromise that we have to make when you live with neighbors. Like you live in a community, you live in a house with right. other people, like your See, neighbor doesn't cut their grass. Yeah, that's like, the selfless way of looking at it. I looked at it like the selfish way, like this is going to make my life hell if I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I looked at it too. 
Either way, either Thank way, you, same either. outcome. I guess so. It's just like, listen, man, I just see it. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to go into the grocery store to get mm-hmm. food. But, it's going to get. But you to see, the... like, not to not even to harp too much on it, but for me, because you're you are, are you are hesitant. You had your doubts. I was maybe not as hesitant as you, but I also had my reservations. But we three made the sacrifice. For selfish reasons, for sure. But at the same time, those selfish reasons are also, we're asking everybody because it's beneficial for society. So you made that sacrifice. And that's why I'm a little less, I have a little less sympathy for somebody who is staunchly anti-vaxxer and then advocating for people to not get vaccinated and then shaming people for getting vaccinated. I, I have a little less sympathy for okay, you because we, that, that is more, way more selfish. Yeah, you're right. We're we, over time. we do have to go into time, but Nina, is there anything you want to add to this before we go on the radio? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she said that like such a, so graceful too. No. <laughs> I'm just right. tired. She's exhausted. Okay. I can see it in her face. The eyes are yeah, starting to close. She, like yeah, she's she looks like she's been smoking blunt after blunt <laughs> after blunt. Look at her eyes. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up for Nina's sake. We still have two more segments to go. Just one hour. Okay. Yeah, it's just an hour. It's soft. Okay, go start. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Man, listen, if you're not listening to the, uh, obviously you're listening to us right here live on Vibe 105. Of course, it's hashtag solitaire DJ Ready Fox. No better Nina. But trust me, you're going to want to tune in afterwards and listen to some of the in-between conversations. We get some insightful, kind of like a little bit more honest, maybe a little bit more cursing. That's why we called it uncensored. <laughs> couple we didn't of curse, curse words that much. We did not curse that much. But the thing is, too, we always think about things that we don't see on the air that we say during the podcast time that we say, oh, I wish we said that during radio time. Mm-hmm. And the reason why those those thoughts come a little more free-flowing is because we don't have to worry about censoring ourselves. <laughs> yeah, maybe. For the radio. So occasionally the, the odd curse comes out, but not as much as we, you would think. But anyway, yeah. uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it is time for us to hopefully get into something a little. Well, actually, just from the first segment, I know it's not uh, it's not too lighthearted, but it is music news nonetheless with No Better Nina. Okay, so um, last weekend, actually, uh, Biz Marquis passed away at the age of 57, reportedly due to complications caused from his type 2 diabetes. Um, The hip-hop legend took his last breath at a hospital in Baltimore at 6.25 p.m. with his wife by his side. And just last July, Biz Marquis slipped into a diabetic coma and had a stroke while he was in the middle of that coma. Oh, my. just wanted to mention that off the top, off the top, just to say rest in peace to Biz Marquis. And just yeah. wanted to know if you guys wanted to share, you know, any of your favorite songs, albums, memories of his, um, just to honor him. You yeah. go first, Solitaire, because I don't know a lot of Biz Marquis songs. I just loved him. Again, the one song that we all know by him, Just a yeah. Friend or whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, he popped up in other parts of hip hop as well, too. But it's just sad to see, like, we've seen so many... Um, you know, hip hop legends passed away over the last year and a bit. So it's just yeah. unfortunate. But Solitaire, you probably have way more memories of Bismarcky than I do. Yeah, man. I remember the first time I, I, I heard like, you know, Nobody Meets the Biz. And I remember buying his album on cassette, All Samples Cleared. And this was 
at a time in hip hop where, you know, if you're familiar with obviously the golden era and like the late ni- late 80s and early 90s, hip hop was primarily sample based. And at this time, we didn't know anything about publishing and licensing and who owns the copyright to the Earth, Wind and Fire and, and you know, the like the, the meters and all those old records. So in hip hop, the culture was you sample records. Yeah. yeah. And um, but then I think. I think Biz Marquee was one of those. I have to look, I have to kind of do my Googles on it, but he had a case where he was being sued for a sample that he didn't clear and um, didn't make any, you know, if you learn about that, you're not making any money off of it because the original owners of that song that you sample are like, yeah, oh, you sold this many albums and you made yeah. this much money? Yeah, we want all, all of it. All of it. And uh, so he, had, he came out with an album called All Samples Cleared. And I remember that was like, I remember vividly buying that album because I was just learning about, I think I was in Fresh Arts at the time. We were just learning about publishing and I was like, right. uh-huh. and I think it was that album that made me decide I'm going to try to figure out how to create and write my own music on my own beat so I don't have to clear samples. So that's my Bismarcky you know story. What? And, you so just, and you're just making me realize now too that sampling was such a big part of hip hop. And I think it became taboo around Puffy's time. Yeah. That's that's when everyone was starting to criticize him for sampling too much kind of thing. Or... Yeah, because that was when he was taking like eight, like hits from the 80s. And like, yo, this is, you know, it's different when you're taking like sampling 70s or 60s yeah. or like obscure jazz records. But he was taking records that take hits from the 80s. <laughs> that sounds so crazy. Yeah. He definitely commercialized it and kind of made it a little bit more socially acceptable yeah, i guess to white america yeah because like, i forgot how much sampling was a part of hip-hop and like puffy ruined it basically for everyone <laughs> i think yeah and i mean this is before i wouldn't say that he ruined it he definitely made it more commercial but like a lot of, I, I remember i have so many memories like dj premier uh was actually i don't know if you remember now nina we're, we're going way, way back into our 90s hip-hop bags. that's okay that was the point of this segment <laughs> okay good but uh i remember man i remember back in the day when primo like they used to come out there was a i can't i don't know who specifically it was maybe you remember but there was these records that they would that they would produce and release uh highlighting where producers sampled the original samples for like Buck them down by like um, mm. my boot camp click or right. like a, a, like yeah. a gangstar sample. Yeah. And DJ Premier had a, a, a what do they call it? Like an interlude on one of his albums. Like he's like, yo, you guys are you guys are sampling. You guys are calling out all the snapping. You guys are snitching on us, and you're and you're really highlighting. And you're kind of calling us out and, and making us lose money. But he was, um, we didn't understand publishing and sampling back then, and like right. and copyright ownership. But sampling was. You did it, and you didn't even think about paying anybody. You just put put it out. You're and, just trying and, to make good music. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. For me, the only Bismarcky memory I have is just a friend. But nonetheless, and, and, not, and not even the original version. She's probably heard like the Mario version. No, I, I heard the original. I've heard the original. Oh, I know okay. the original. Nice. But uh, yeah, nonetheless, rest in peace. Rest uh, in peace. Very young, which is so young, man. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, on to something else. So uh, Diddy actually, you guys were speaking about Diddy. He hired the weekend's manager, Sal. So after signing with WME and launching the Excellence Program, which is a virtual development program and resume database for aspiring entertainment executives from underrepresented communities, Diddy just signed the weekend's manager, Wasim Salibi, better known as Sal. Now, aside from the weekend, Sal also manages Ty Dolly Sign, French Montana, and Doja Cat, and was also named manager of the year by Variety last year sal was also featured by a billboard on the cover of their change agents issue early this year wow. now i wanted to ask you guys in what ways do you hope to see sal help diddy's career oh that <laughs> is a good question i thought so too <laughs> i don't I, you know what i don't know if it's i don't necessarily think that it's uh it's to help his career i mean listen let's be clear Diddy's career doesn't need help unless he's trying to get back into music. I think that this is a strategic alliance mm-hmm. that probably has to do with some behind the scene business relationships that they're trying to firm up. That's my hypothesis because Sal is obviously a juggernaut. He is, you know, in terms of what he's managed to, you know, hold XO and prior to that, like capital profits with belly and, you know, his, his track record in terms of his accomplishments is, you know, it's, you know, it's irrefutable. I think this is more of a, a kind of a, a strategic alliance. Hmm. Yeah. But what is Diddy hoping to accomplish by doing this? By Like, he's obviously a successful manager, but um, I don't know. Is he trying to rebrand himself? Is he looking to maybe put out new music? I don't understand what it is that Puffy is hoping to, to accomplish from this. That's That's what I was trying to figure out. There's no other details really in it. That's why I was like, what ways would you even see him helping Diddy? Like how how do you want to see that happen? Diddy is still a pretty savvy businessman. I don't think he's lacking in money. He doesn't need it. Like I I don't yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand what he's hoping to accomplish from it, but I guess we just have to wait and see. We just have to sit yeah. back and see. I don't think that he's signing him to manage Diddy as an artist. I think he's signing him to ma- probably Diddy's probably signing him to manage bad boy artists. I don't think that he's signing him to manage Diddy himself. Okay, that's that would be weird. Like, you, why would you want to sign on to somebody where it means you're going to wind up having to manage like a whole bunch of people that you may not necessarily want to work for? Like, I feel like if anything, it could actually be like, now that you say that, it could actually be for the excellence program. Because look, it's a virtual development program and resume database for aspiring entertainment execs from underrepresented communities. Yeah. That could be like, maybe he's hiring him to take part in must that be. somewhere. It must like that's be. the thing, there was no further details on it, right? So I'm like, because I was sitting there wondering the same thing. Like, like how is... Like, what does Diddy trying to do with this? Like, is he trying to... No, he's not yet. It's not, he's, not, he's not hiring him to manage him like Diddy. Diddy doesn't need a manager. Diddy doesn't need a manager. Diddy he doesn't a- need a manager at all. No, he's his own brand. He always has sure been. He has, I'm pretty sure he has a personal manager and a team of accountants and a team of lawyers and a team of doctors. How do you manage Diddy? Like, trainers. he's, he's <laughs> a force of nature. Are you Googling how you manage Diddy? No, no, I'm not even... I'm not Googling it per se, but I'm just saying that... Um, he's unmanageable he's like a force of nature in his own right like that's 100 percent yeah <laughs> that's um it. yeah so on to the next story now this is what our poll question was based off of oh, okay um okay so um young blue i don't know if it's blue or blue like blue. i'm gonna say blue because he's american okay. yeah because i'm canadian i say blue right okay like, yeah it looks bleh, like french blue bleh, yeah young blue 
<laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so he caused quite the debate on social media in a since-deleted tweet saying that in order to stay faithful while in a relationship, Black men need to stay off social media. Okay? Wow. <laughs> the Southern rapper offered even more advice, suggesting you simply post and get off of social media because once you keep scrolling, you'll get caught up in thirst traps. Now, while a lot of people disagreed with Young Blue, saying they're capable of controlling themselves or offering him the advice of not getting into a relationship if he can't control himself, he tweeted that he simply pointed out that social media could be a temptation for men and we're lying if we say social media doesn't make romantic relationships harder. I want to know what your guys' thoughts are on this. Do you agree with Young Blue, or do you guys agree with the social media users that we just need to have self control? Ready? You want to tackle this one? I think you. I think you. I think you and I are on the same page on this. Not I don't actually think we are because I I agree with him to an extent, only because so many young people in today have grown up with social media that they can't separate it from their life. They really can't. So. It can create problems for you in your relationship. If you don't have that as part of your life, it's not going to be there to create those problems. We've heard stories of people even just getting into arguments because they didn't put the right relationship status on their Facebook, which, again, I know only old people use Facebook now and all that. But the point being is that if you don't have that social media stuff going on in the first place, that's one less thing that's going to cause problems in your relationship. If it's from his perspective as a popular hip-hop artist, then it's even going to be more of a problem in terms of the amount of people that are going to be trying to you know a source of temptation for you if you're famous and rich it's even worse so i kind of see where he's coming from i understand the whole self-control argument but i don't think you can necessarily you know discount social media because a lot of these young kids coming up to it's just a part of life for them now yeah i agree um solly what's your thoughts on it balderdash this is, I think you're having an, the old man perspective on this because oh. you can't separate. Well, okay, go ahead. I'll tell you this. Uh, Ready Fox, did anybody go onto your social media and select who you're going to follow? No. You made that choice yourself, right? Sure. So if you are a person who is following, who makes the choice to follow all these thirst traps, then clearly stopping... Uh, stopping your social media activity is not going to prevent whatever it is that you feel is missing from your life because you're probably going to end up going and partying. You're going to go to places where there's going to be a lot of opportunities to socialize with young women. So the to me, the social media is only just another form of temptation. But if you're in a loving relationship, you're your your social media is going to reflect your interests. So this idea of scrolling and you're going to see these thirst traps and may, maybe this is my old guy talking, but I can, I can roll, I can scroll through my, I'm following a few attractive young ladies. No, but on the, my social but media the point thing, being but, is that if you don't have social media at all, will you have the same amount of problems as someone that is on social media when it comes to your relationships and the potential problems? Cause you even said it, it's a source of temptation, remove social media. And that's one less source of temptation. I think if you're if you're if you have a eyes for other women, going to the grocery store is a source of temptation. What were you going to walking say? down the walking down Lakeshore <laughs> is a source of temptation. But you know what you know what the thing is though for me like the reason because like okay yeah like first of all I agree with with what Reddy's saying in the sense that 
somebody who doesn't have social media and is in a relationship is going to have a less problematic relationship as someone who does have social media. However, because the the reason being, because a lot of times, like, I don't know, you'll see on TikTok and stuff, like girls always like DMing other girls, like, or, or like girls post good looking girls will post a TikTok and be like, uh, if you want me to block your boyfriend because he follows me, let me know. And like <laughs> girls will actually message and be like, my boyfriend follows you block him because they're, they have that insecure feeling because they feel like that's what their boyfriend likes and they look nothing like that person. The other thing is too, like, this is also just a being loyal in a relationship period. So like, it doesn't just include scrolling through thirst traps, but replying to messages. Like, why are you even entertaining other women? If you're in a relationship or other men, if you're in a relationship and responding to these messages on social media, in that aspect, it causes a problem too. Um, if you're going to talk to other people like that, you might not never meet up with them, but, but if you're going to flirt with them online, that's cheating in my opinion. Well, flirting, yes, that could be wrong, but if he's an artist, he can't interact he can with his fans? Oh, he can interact with a fan, but in a certain in a certain aspect. Like, right. If a girl is sending you a nude, don't respond to that. Leave it in the request. I agree but 100%. Yeah, but if someone's saying something like, oh, like, love the new album, whatever, like, I just played it for whoever and they loved it too, like, yeah, respond back and be like, respect or something, you know? But, like, don't, like, you don't need to be like, respect, what are you doing? Overall, I agree with you guys. And I do agree with you, Solitaire, overall. But I'm just saying we can't discount how much social media is a part of these kids' lives. And it's Mm -hmm. a new complication for everything in your life, including your relationships. No, it definitely, it definitely is. I, I agree for sure. And it's just like, yeah, like, like it comes down to like posting each other. People will have problems or can you not see it that way? Kind of solitaire at all? No. Yeah. But I mean, like if, if, and I understand, you know, kids growing up, social media is a different understanding of reality for them versus for us. But this, I mean, they still have to go to school. You still have to go to the grocery store. You still have to go outside. You know what I mean? So I think you you understand the difference between real life and Instagram. And you understand that you have a choice that you're making. And your choice, if your choice, if your girlfriend picks up your phone or your significant other picks up your phone and you're following like every single porn star <laughs> that you can imagine... Then the problem is not social media. It's the choices that you're making. Because social media to me is a curated feed that you show what you're interested in. And yes, there are attractive, but most of the attractive women that I'm following, it's not because they post an ass shot every day. It's because they're usually doing something like they're they're a professional, like they're writers or they're a business owner or their athlete or they're, right. you know what I mean? Like they're just using the thirst some... trap every now and then. Yeah. And, and every now and again, they'll post a bikini and I'll be like, Oh yeah. Oh. And she's hot, but it, it's not just because she's, po- if you're, if you're following Instagram models, that's a you thing. And I don't think that's social media specific. That's something that you are not feeling fulfilled in your relationship. So I don't think social media has anything to do with that. But isn't it, it's like the thing is too, with the whole grocery store argument, like people aren't as, uh brazen in real life sometimes as they are in social media to talk to people too 100 percent not as they say yeah yeah like that's the other way i i see it too but um, that's the the, eve all the more reason why it's a matter of like it's not just social media it's if you were to put, put it this way you take that grocery store situation and say we're in a in a social environment where 
you know, talking from a, a, a cis heterosexual male and women are, are brazen and I'm in a relationship, but women are like, yo, you're hot. Like, what are you dealing with tonight? You know what I mean? Like that temptation is still going to, it, it really how I respond to it is all that matters. So the temptation can come at any point in time. Right. If you're shooting your shot, that's even worse. Yeah, no? yeah. I, okay. no, I, I hear you. Unfortunately, we have to wrap up this and go on to another story. Um, right. So I could go on with that one forever. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, Billboard recently revealed their list of 2020 money makers with hip hop and R&B artists having the most gains. Now, overall, music's tops earner, top earners ranked in 387 million last year, down from the Jeez. 969 million in 2019 thanks to COVID. Yeah. Uh, According to the article, I'm not going to read all these stats, so disregard that I said that. Taylor Swift made the most money, sitting at $23.8 million, followed by Post Malone, who made $23.3 million. Drake landed in the number six spot with $14.2 million and almost no. 8 million streams from the on-demand video and web radio stream, which, which that alone made him $11.7 million. NBA Youngboy earned the number nine spot with 11.9 million, and Lil Baby sits right behind him in the number 10 spot with 11.7 million. Other notable acts include The Weeknd at number 11 with 10.4 million, Eminem at number 14 with 9.7 million, Lil Uzi Vert at number 15 with 9.5, The Baby at number 17 with 9.1, and Future at number 22 with 8.2 million. Kanye also just made the top 30 at number 30 with $6.3 million. Kanye, Kanye bro. Yeah. <laughs> he's bro. dropping an album though to well he dropped it yesterday uh, Kanye, if, bro, if, he if broke. all goes as planned you're ridiculous 6.3 million a that's broke eh? <laughs> he, that, I, I, I promise he you, has more than that what are you talking about we know I he know. has way more than that yeah he, that's this is obviously this is just whatever 2020 but i'm just saying yeah. if kanye woke up with 6.3 million dollars in his bank account he'd be like i'm broke and i think that <laughs> these numbers have to be strictly from just sales yeah. Of like music no and one could go anywhere. No one could tour last year. Right. And that's the thing. I, most artists these days, they don't make their money. They make their money tour from touring more than anything else, which they couldn't do last year, which is mm-hmm. obviously Actually, why. I know Post Malone's number, uh, a bit of it was from touring because he did get to tour the beginning chunk of the of 2020. Uh, I think January to March or something. And then Taylor Swift did too. Is that why she made, isn't that why she made more? more Probably. Like, yeah, probably. Um, but anyways, Ready, you posted an interesting uh, screenshot here. Uh, Drake's most streamed songs on Spotify each year in 2010 to 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In 2010, it was Forever. Wow. I remember that song. <laughs> Did you like it? How yeah, quaint. I love that song. How quaint, right? Right. I love that song. Uh, 2011 headlines. Oh, my gosh. I remember the first time I heard this. I was at OVO. And he played it at the end of the night when everybody was leaving the stadium. And I'm walking with my cousin and my aunt, and I'm like, Everyone was hearing it for the first time that way? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this is a new song. But, Hmm. like, nobody was picking up on it. Like, people were still walking out. But I remember Hmm. I was walking out. It was at uh, Molson. And I was like, this is new. Nice. Yeah. And then I think he dropped it, like, the next day. Still a good song. It's yeah. still a good song. I, uh, you know, I, on this list, I would say that's probably my least favorite song, to be honest with you. No, but, it, but this is your least favorite Drake song on this list of Drake songs, which was still probably better than a lot of the hip-hop artist songs that were out there in 2011. That is 150% <laughs> certified unbiased facts. Right okay, I'm just saying, like, yeah, it's a good song. Yeah. 20, 2012, uh, it was Take Care. Uh, that's... Uh, 
It got overplayed on the radio. I didn't like that song either. It was just As a okay matter of fact, I, I definitely, I think that song I actively, actively did not like. <laughs> I, I think I would have liked it if it wasn't played on the radio. That's somewhere. the one with Rihanna, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah Rihanna's on uh, I, I could not stand that song. I, I mean, especially when you compare, uh, compare it to work. Oh, my God. Uh, 2013 and 2014 was Hold On, We're Going Home. I don't like that song. It's a Love great song. I really don't like that song. What did, What don't you like about it? It's too pop. I don't oh, like okay. it. I don't like that. Oh, okay. I Fair enough. Cursed. Fair enough, yeah. But they they just, play that song in weddings. Yeah, I'm not. That's, not that song, is, I think that's going to be one of his songs that lives the longest. As you see, it was number his number one song two years. Yeah, two yeah. years in a row, 2013 and 2014. They're going to be playing that song in 50 years. Yeah. 2015, Hotline Bling, still like. You don't like it, Nina? I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's just like it's a moment. I'm tired of seeing people do that dance, bro. Like, cut it out. You're not Drake. <laughs> okay. I was. It's not. That's a top five dance or emoji or what? It's like what well, somebody. I don't know whose it is, but I did not like it, and hey. I did not like seeing regular civilians doing it either. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I like that song. That was a moment song. That was a song in the moment. He really captured a moment with that because I think even like when that song came out. I think, I can't remember who, I think it was Ovio Nico or one of those guys were like, yo, I, when he did that song, I was like, I, I, I don't get it. I think that song still has longevity. I think people will still like it, it 10 years from now. I it don't does. think, I don't think that song's going to get too old for people. It's just, I think we just got beat over the head with it so much. Yeah. 2016. 2016, One Dance. This, I love this song. Yeah. <sighs> See, and this you know, is. My- I'm sick. I, I heard it too much. It, it was I, one of those uh, things. I heard it way too much. I never, out of all of the songs out of this, whatever, decades worth of Drake songs, that's the song I want to never hear again on this list. I love it. That's how, you know, that's how, that's the sign of how big it was. My thing is like with music, like I, I have a memory attached to every single one of these songs. So it's like the better the memory, like the more the song resonates. <laughs> okay. We got, we got one minute. All right. Uh, 2017 passion fruit. Meh. 2018, God's Plan. 2019, Money in the Grave. 2020, Tusi Sly. I've never Man. heard Money in the Grave, you know. With, with, what? With Rick Ross? Never listened to it. Woo. Wow. I think I, I think when I first time I heard it, I might have played that like 17 times. I like Passion Fruit. God's Plan yeah. is great. And yeah. Tusi Slide, I still don't like it. It's still an airworm, but it's just, it's, yeah. it was such a manipulative TikTok <laughs> thing that he did on purpose that I, I just can't get down with that. But... God's Plan is another one of those songs that's going to live on for quite some time. Yeah. All right. And just real quick, uh, if all went as planned, Kanye dropped his album Donda last night, listening party in Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, after he played it for Kevin Durant and Justin LeBoy in Vegas. Um, Yeah, it features a bunch of people. And uh, he confirmed the release with a Beats ad featuring Shikari Richardson. Mm. So, yeah, hopefully he dropped it. Honestly, I want to hear this. You're looking Um, for it? You you would listen to it? Yeah, for sure. I actually like Kanye. I like Kanye. Is is it not going to be a gospel album? Uh, Oh, if it's gospel, you know what? Actually, when he posted that clip with Shikari Richardson, the song was called uh, something. Oh, No Child Left Behind. Then I started thinking... Is it gospel? Because if it is, I'm not going to listen. I won't even get it. Solitaire. I know you'll listen to it, Solitaire. 100%. That snippet sounded epic. Yeah. Epic. Mm -hmm. Number one. Number two, even if it is a gospel album, Travis Scott ain't rapping no gospel lyrics. Lil Baby ain't rapping no gospel lyrics. That's why I don't think it's gospel. 
I think that he'll, I think that he will definitely, there will be a representation of gospel on there, but Tyler, the creator, oh. Ty Dolla Sign, Pusha T. Okay. We, we, we have to save this. Maybe we can talk about during the podcast time because yeah. I have a question All for right. you about this. All right. That's All right. music news, folks. All right. Music news was a roller coaster ride as usual. Always, always like setting the bar higher <laughs> than I expect. Thank you very much. I, yeah, I, thought, I thought I was doing terrible this week when I set it up. We're music lovers, so there's always going to be something to dig deep into. But I appreciate that, ladies and gentlemen. That is our music news segment. For those of you who are listening to the radio right now, we have to take a break. We'll be right back after these messages. For those of you listening to the podcast, podcast, stay with <laughs> What's your Kanye question? No, we'll just... It it can't be a gospel album if these people are on it, right? That's what you're no. saying. Yeah, no way. Okay. No way. I, I, no, no. I, actually, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say that it can't be because if there's anybody who can convince pull that these guys off, to talk about God, it would be Kanye West. But no, I, think no, that, no. I think that I think that he's bringing. He's kind of gonna. It's gonna be a, a an interesting merger of the two worlds for sure. Yeah, I'll listen to all the songs that aren't about gospel. And let me you're not you. gonna, you're not gonna, you're, he's not gonna say this is the gospel song. Right? I'll see by the titles, bro. Like so, even this one, "No Child Left Behind." Like you know that that could be a gospel song. What I are think, you? What are you a heathen? You know, you, like I don't want to hear any of that religion. Oh, no, I just, I, I'm not uh, Catholic or Christian. I don't understand anything. I don't. I barely know about the Bible. Okay, like, let me ask you guys this: Is it okay for you to be a gospel artist and then do a secular album and then go back to doing gospel again? Yeah, do what you want, right? Yeah, you're asking the wrong people. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, do it. Do what think, your heart feels. See, but then, but what would church people say? But that's what I, that I'm not even sure. What would the secular people say as well? Too, it's, they'd be like, if you choose to be a gospel artist. I don't really think you should be allowed to do anything else, to be honest with you, because if you're going to bounce back, you can't bounce back and forth from doing gospel and then doing trap, hardcore hip hop albums or whatever. I just don't see that. No one's going to respect either side. Well, the thing is, I think, I think that um, there's the element of when you're talking about a genre of music, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be beholden to speaking about a certain topic just because you're a gospel artist, I think that you can kind of incorporate aspects of trap music and aspects of like, you know, hood music. Like DMX did a great job of doing that. Obviously it wasn't a gospel album, but he would have like, he would have full on prayers right. on his album. So, you know a, gospel, so I think it, a gospel album can't have any swearing, right? Says who? So I, mean, I mean, mind you, yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, listen, I don't listen to gospel. I just feel like if you're going to be a gospel artist, you kind of have to. Like, yeah, I feel like you have to respect the church overall. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, th- I, like I think listen, not- I ain't got the answers. I, I think it's answers. uh I think we would have to, like, defer to those who are of the Christian community to to, dis- okay. to, to determine that. Anyways, let's get let's, the Pope. let's get back into radio so we can be done because it's almost a quarter to ten. And my bread is almost my bread is almost fully risen it's ready have you checked it what if it's already burnt it's no it's not on wood. it's oh. roofing oh, whatever i don't know want to see it want to see it no 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 we don't have time people are listening to the podcast it's right there it's no. right there no let's go man all right fine haters all right this guy was gonna run out to go get bread <laughs> yeah, I was-
<laughs> it was right there. Yeah. My condo's not that big. It's, it's like okay. right there. It's okay. Start, please. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the program. Yours truly, Solitaire, DJ Ready Fox, No Better Nina. You are listening to Hashtag right here on Vibe 105. Um, just a little inside scoop while we're uh, preparing this show. I'm also preparing a French baguette <laughs> bread that is proofing right now on its second rise. He's so proud of himself. I am. I, I was stress baking today. I was stress baking. That's nice. But um, ladies and gentlemen, it is time now for that segment of the show called Black Owned Spotlight, which is our weekly spotlight on black owned businesses Love and it. outstanding members of the black community. Uh, once again, if you or someone that you know uh, is aware of an exceptional black owned business or perhaps an, a, an outstanding community member who's doing great work, please Hit us up so that we can support them and highlight them during our Black-owned spotlight. Hit us up at hashtag Vibe105 on Twitter and Instagram to let us know. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, today's Black-owned spotlight, a.k.a. Boosh, goes out to none other than the fashion designer icon, genius. And I'm actually grateful to call this man a friend of mine, George Sully, ladies and gentlemen, give this man his flowers. Uh, website, georgesully.com. That's George, last name spelled S-U-L-L-Y.com is the website. George Sully, if you're not familiar, which you will be after this segment, is a Canadian fashion designer. He's the creator of a website called the Black Designers of Canada Database, which is a basically a go-to, a hub for anybody who has ever been looking for a black fashion designer in Canada, whether it's for sneakers, men or women's apparel, accessories, and so on and so forth. He basically created this as a resource to say, hey, there are black designers in Canada who are doing things at a high level, whether it's like, you know, your Louis Vuitton or your Gucci or whatever you want to spend your thousands of dollars on, you can go to this website, blackdesignersofcanada.com and find Canadian designers. He's also the co-founder of fashion brand Sully Wong sneakers. I own a pair of those sneakers. It's fantastic. Uh, House of Hala, and he's also the founder of Sully and Son Company and the website Shoe Nado. And in 2019, George Sully was honored with the Fashion International Group Visionary Award. Um, the Black Designers of, Can- of Canada website was launched in 2020, like I said, to promote diversity in the fashion industry and promote Black artists in Canada. The website collects content via self and peer nomination. So if you are a Black designer, you can actually go to the website and apply to be included in the database. And they actually, in this year, earlier this year, they launched the Black Designers of Canada Award for Excellence to recognize Black designers and their achievements. Um, Sully originally started his career as an artist and a music producer. Then he was a DJ and he was inspired to become a fashion designer by none other than Sean P. Diddy, uh, Brother Love, whatever nickname. He keeps coming up in the show today. Puff Daddy. I know. He, he, I know he's infiltrated the show a lot, but he was uh, George Sully's original inf- um, inspiration to become a designer uh, and transitioned from music to fashion. He started with a line called Limb Apparel. Uh, for those of you who are around in kind of like the early 2000s, you might remember that if you were traveled to Ottawa, where he was originally from. 
And uh, yes, and listen, this is a, there's a video we're gonna I'm gonna make sure that we tweet it out where he is custom crafting a new one of one design by hand like he's the real deal he's not somebody that kind of outsources his work he's hands-on he's a designer he's a he's a visionary and i am definitely excited and proud to present george sully with our black owned spotlight this week ladies and gentlemen so make sure you check out the website george sully.com for more information And as well, make sure you check out Black Designers of Canada and get out there and support Black designers who are, instead of giving, you know, paying $600,000 for a Fendi belt or whatever kind of belt you guys are spending this ridiculous amount of money on, (laughs) go buy yourself, uh, you know, something from a Black designer like George Sully, like uh, A Room Full of Colors, like Oofy, you know what I mean? Like they're all represented on this website. That's dope. That's dope. How How did you get to know him? I met it, you know, just through the music industry. We traveled across Canada. I'm pretty sure the, I can't pinpoint the first time I met him, but it was probably when we were out there in Ottawa and he's a hustler and he's a very, he's got the gift of gab. So I think he was one of those people that just was, saw the, what we were doing. And he's like, yo, I'm working on this. Uh, he had a magazine as well for a number of years. It was an incredible magazine called T Chad. Um, and, you know, we've done a, we, we've, you know, we've, collaborated on a number of things over the years and he's just a phenomenal very cool dude like really encouraging the the next generation like you know he's not one of those gatekeepers that tries to hoard all the resources for himself so you know definitely shouts out to him and uh, georgesully.com for more information about that and now ladies and gentlemen uh we've got some sports news to go over and uh, I'll pass the baton back over to Reddy Fox to discuss that during hashtag sports. Okay, well, there's always a lot going on with sports. You'd think it would be over with hockey being done, and now basketball is done. Congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll get to that. Woo! We'll get to that in a second. But um, the Olympics, they started. They actually started in the middle of the week a bit. Some of the... Um, oh, it already started? Some of the events yeah. have already started around Wednesday, and I think men's soccer started on Thursday. Some events you have to start before the official uh, ceremonies begin, which started last night. Now, who knows what the opening ceremonies was like last night because they've had so much scandal going on in Japan. Have you guys heard about the scandals that have been happening in Japan? Yeah. Yes or no? I just know, I just know that like uh, people who are working at the Olympics and like case counts. Keep quitting? Okay. Yeah, case counts are like through the roof, and that they're not having any spectators. Okay, well, cardboard boxes. First of all, it's so hard right now. There's still so many people that have to arrive at the ceremonies. They've already seen a few cases. They've had about 87 positive cases of COVID um, between media or people that arrived at the airport and screening tests that they've had for athletes and media. Some of the media have been writing about how a lot of the rules do not make any sense. Like one person that was writing for the Globe and Mail said that um, he's not allowed to use the elevators in his hotel. For whatever reason, if you don't live in Japan, they're not going to let you use the elevators. You have to take the stairs. But <laughs> what if you li- what if you're staying on the 14th floor? You better be in good shape. <laughs> I mean, it is the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> well, but if you're a media person, that you're not in good shape, probably. Who knows? But the point being is that the rules, there's a lot of rules that they're trying to implement to try to keep things safe or at least appear safe that is not making sense. You can Google it to read about it. But they've had a lot of scandals as well. And this is why I don't know how the uh, opening ceremonies might have gone last night because 
the creative director for the Olympics, he had to get fired because of old Holocaust jokes that he made in the 90s came up on Twitter. (laughs) What are you telling me? What? This is still technically sports, but I was not going to let this go without mentioning some of this stuff. Because Japan, it's a hot mess. It's a hot mess over there right now. They have cases going up. Uh, A lot of people in Japan, in Tokyo, are against having the games. They're saying, why are we doing this? Why is this happening? Like, we're dealing with, you know, an explosion of cases, but you guys are going to proceed with the games. And they've had all these scandals. The opening ceremony musical director, he had to resign because he had a history of abusing disabled classmates in school. That came out. He did a lot of mean things to autistic kids, apparently, and stuff. The president of the organizing committee had to resign because of sexism. He said publicly, he said this to a room full of people, women talk too much. That's what what he said. So That reminds me of something that new MC, Lil Panny, came out. He said, remember his new song? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. So, And also the previous creative director, before that guy had to quit, the other one, he had to resign. Uh, because he called a proudly plus-size comedian and a fashion designer who was working on the Olympics, he called that person an Olympig. Like, it, it's crazy. So there's been a lot of embarrassing stories that have been coming out from officials that have had to retire because of backlash for things that they've done in the past or things that they did this week. Wow. So it's, it's, <laughs> This week. Yeah, so it's been pretty crazy. But um, hopefully the opening ceremonies were great last night. Um, again, we pre-record the show, so do you guys plan on watching the opening ceremonies of the Olympics? Uh, Online? No, no, no. I don't really care this year. It's not a big deal. No one's really like... So do you only not care this year? Have you, in the past Olympics, watched the opening ceremonies, Lena? Uh, only by default, because it was on my TV while I was eating. <laughs> okay. What? But, but, but I wouldn't, like, but... Like, even when I watched the sports, like, it was, again, by default, I was looking for something to watch on TV, and I would watch it. But I do actually have an interest in it. Like, like track and field. I love track and field. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Solitaire? Opening I, ceremonies? I, 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 I watch it online. Like, I, I'm not going to sit down and try to catch it live. Because what, what's the time? Isn't there a time difference? Like there It like, depends on like, where it's being held. So, yes, there's well, usually yeah, a time yeah. difference. It could be, but... You see, I think I like the Olympics more than both of you guys combined, basically. I loved loved the opening ceremonies of the Olympics. It's always so great. There was always something crazy. Remember the year when Muhammad Ali was carrying the torch? Yes, I remember that. Come on, man. You guys are are curmudgeons. I'm not saying I I wouldn't want. I'm not going as far as Nina. Like, I'm not a curmudgeon. Nina's a curmudgeon. I don't know if I would like make an effort to watch it live unless it's in my time zone. That's all I'm saying. Oh man. Yeah. Nina's a sports curmudgeon. That's what she is. Um, yeah. Okay. Moving on to baseball. So tickets went on sale on Thursday for the blue Jays. Cause they're going to be making their home opener uh, next week. Oh, um, nice. Yep. So tickets went on sale. Um, the first 10 home games went on sale for July 30th to August 8th. So that started on Thursday morning. Only 15,000 fans will be allowed inside of the stadium when the Jays make their return. And season ticket holders, they actually got early access to tickets as well, too. So you're listening to this on a Saturday morning. If you're a Jays fan, you should have known that if you wanted to get tickets, you should have been trying to get them Thursday morning. But again, it's going to be limited capacity because we're going to be kind of responsible up here with our games as opposed to what we've been seeing in the States with their basketball games and all their sporting events. It's just, it's a free-for-all. 
anything mm-hmm. goes. Like, and the mm-hmm. scenes from Milwaukee alone was out of control for that game six. It was Super crazy. Super spreader game six. Yeah, we'll talk about that real quick. But the Jays started a three-game series on the road this weekend with the New York Mets. That started yesterday. Today's game starts at 7 o'clock. Tomorrow's game Sunday starts at 1 o'clock. And then Monday, they start a four-game series against the Boston Red Sox. And all games Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday start at 7 o'clock. And then next weekend, they'll be playing the Kansas City Royals over the weekend. So that's pretty cool. Um, Quick hockey news. Uh, the preseason schedule has already been dropped for the for the Maple Leafs. So wow. if you're a Leafs fan, you should be excited. Shouldn't I guess. Be. You sh- you shouldn't be a Leafs fan. Shut up, Nina. No. You should. If you're you just a Leafs qu- fan. If you're a Leafs fan, you're the type of person who goes to the fridge, opens it once, see there's nothing in there, and then keeps going back. <laughs> well played, Nina. Well played. I- I'll allow it because I am a purveyor. And supporter of Good Burns. But we'll, <laughs> but we'll get back to we'll Yeah, no, to- Nina's got some sort of mean thing on going on for the Leafs fans or whatever. What What is it about Leafs fans that bothers you so much, Nina? They're just stupid, bro. Like, how do you, how are you going to keep cheering for this? How? Like, my fridge example is literally it. Like, you don't go grocery shopping, but you're going to go check the fridge every two seconds to see if something new is in there. Why? There's no such thing as magic. It applies to Leafs and the fridge. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Nina. Um, September 25th, uh, their first preseason game will be going against Montreal, and they'll be playing them again on September 27th. And then they'll be playing Ottawa on September 29th. So their preseason starts for the Leafs uh, late September, basically. And again, the NHL will be returning to um, a regular season schedule for next year as well. And turning to the NBA real quick, Norman Powell is declining his player option with Portland. Hopefully, wouldn't that be cool to see him come back to Toronto? I'm sure we'd love to have him, but we still have our own priorities. Masai Ujiri hasn't been signed yet. We're still waiting for him to re-sign with the Raptors. We don't know what's going to happen with Kyle Lowry yet. He's still technically a free agent. Who knows if anything's changed since us recording this and you guys listening to us on Saturday. But um, I would love to get Norman Powell back on the team. I would love to do it. That would be great. So he's declining his player option with the Portland Trailblazers. So he becomes an unrestricted free agent. And um, I don't know. He's probably looking to get more money maybe, I guess. But it'd be great to see him come back to Toronto. And last but not least, the NBA Finals. Phoenix, Woo! Milwaukee. Milwaukee won the series 4-2. to They won four in a row after being down 0-2 in the series. So congratulations. Wait. Gentlemen, to- sweet. Ooh. Okay. What? No, she was rooting for Phoenix. Oh, Okay, I actually as long as Phoenix right. beat LA and the Clippers weren't in there, I was happy with whatever. So I love Chris Paul too. I love Giannis. He's great. He's so humble. He's entertaining. He's all that. And he had a game for the ages. He yes, scored he fifty points, fourteen rebounds, and he had five blocks. And I think only one other player has had that kind of uh, stat line for a closeout game in the finals. So he did and historic he things. Ordered- then he ordered 50 chicken minis at Chick-fil-A the next morning. You saw that video? Yep. Yeah, that's for the way you celebrate. For, what, himself? for himself, yeah. Yeah, Giannis. He, and he said, to the, he said to the lady taking his order, not 49, not 51, 50 nuggets. He went to Chick-fil-A. So, yeah. Oh, nuggets. I thought you had, like, chicken sandwiches. I was like, no, no, no. no, no. The mini chickens. The, they're like the mini chicken breakfast sandwiches. Oh, There's yes. Cool. You've had it, Nina? Uh, yeah, once. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> okay. Well, Giannis is the first player in NBA history to win most improved player, 
Most Valuable Player, Defensive Player of the Year, and Finals MVP, all of this by the age of 26. So that's pretty cool. He's got a great story, and he had a great numbers throughout the uh, the playoffs. Uh, 32 points, 13. he averaged 32 points, 13 rebounds, and 5 assists per game. So he had a great series, and congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. And it's almost it for sports, but did you guys watch the game? Sure did. No. Sure did. It was a... I... Uh, it was a, it was a sight to behold. I'm glad that I witnessed that game six. Yeah, I'm I'm glad they won it too because they would have been playing on this night when we're recording, and we wouldn't know who won it. And I would have to be sitting here talking on the radio about, well, congratulations to somebody. So I'm glad that they closed it out so that I didn't have to be second guessing who might have won talking on the radio now. So yeah, and it's just good for you know, a small market team to win the NBA championship instead of it always being like the LA or, you know, Boston or something like that. So it's cool. Well, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I did speak to the Giannis to Giannis, sorry, Giannis. Um, <laughs> and uh, I let him know that we were recording the show tonight, yeah, yeah. We hoping that, um, that he would be able to close it out. So right. shouts out to Giannis for, for doing that, doing me that solid and getting it done in six. There you go. And great. <laughs> Thanks. Solitaire. That's it for sports. <laughs> All right, Ready Fox, appreciate that for giving us our sports update that uh, Nina could care less about. She couldn't could care not less care about. less. I am intrigued when it comes to basketball, but baseball, I'm like, the Jays are starting their their home games. Great. I won't be going. I did go to a TSC, the TFC game, though. I yeah, you mentioned that. that at the beginning of the show. but um, And you guys will be watching the Olympics, right? Rooting yeah, for yeah, Canada? Yes, absolutely. Um, by default. Yeah. <laughs> all right uh enough about these olympics uh hopefully they'll get these cases under control and everybody will come back safe and sound when canada will get s- five gold medals five gold five. medals okay five. that's that's what you're predicting yes okay i'm writing that down and a lot of bronze a lot of bronze <laughs> all right listen enough is enough it's time ladies and gentlemen to bring it home with the last segment of our show is time for No Better Take with No Better Nina. What is on the agenda this week? Okay, so uh, Ocho Cinco, Chad Ocho Cinco Johnson. Yes. That sounds, that's, that's, that can never be a, 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 said in a good way. Okay, so anyways, so somebody tweeted men and men only. How much money is too much money for the first date? And Ocho Cinco replied saying anything over $50 is a red flag. What? Uh, someone else said I could stretch $50 for a week. Definitely doesn't take that much for a first date queen. Um, so I wanted to know what is the most you've ever spent on a date? Like just a date in general. And what's the most creative date you have ever planned? I don't have an answer for you for the most I've spent. It, the thing is that the, you'll find the deeper you go into the relationship, the more you're going to be willing to spend on that other person. So the dates can sometimes get more expensive as the relationship mm-hmm. goes on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's hard to say. Like, I went on a date to the CN Tower. That was pretty expensive. More yeah. than 50 bucks. I'll tell you that. you pay you pay 50 bucks to hang up your jacket (laughs) basically so i really don't know how much i've ever spent on a date and i've got to think about the most creative oh come on i could could name off so many creative dates off the top you're gonna have to because i i 
doubt solid unless solitaire is gonna one up me there you go solitaire balls in your court now save men save men solitaire because i failed uh so the most i've spent on a date i'll i'll, I'll just give a quick uh, story that I, I was young dumb and uh you know the rest for those of you who know the rest of that's saying but i uh i was infatuated with a young lady and uh i tried to impress her by taking her to filet of soul which is an expensive seafood restaurant and spending money that i didn't have and i think at the time i must have spent at least 120 dollars because it was like you know i got i think i got a bottle of wine this is like this must be like early 2000 so i got a bottle of wine and two main uh two mains and she ghosted me the next day and i was like <laughs> after that oh after that Ouch. i'm like never again and i think i uh i think i opt for more creative dates and i mean creative in terms of like it shouldn't be expensive you shouldn't you shouldn't have to spend a whole lot of money as a matter of fact the less money you can spend and have a good time the better i think uh i agree i think one of, i wouldn't necessarily call it creative dates right. but one time i was with uh, i went out with a young lady and we we spent a whole day watching, sneaking into movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that was a great date. That's the thing. The more creative the date is, usually means you're not spending quite as much money because you were creative, right? But I yeah. do think there's a limit, though, in terms of first date, because I, I forgot to realize that we were talking specifically about first dates, right? So 50 bucks. Well, this, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say 50 bucks is still, I think, on the low end for a date. I just feel like, and maybe this is just us being conditioned living in toronto because it's such an expensive city already that pretty much going out your door is going to cost you 50 bucks right so i think for for me uh when i was on the dating scene like i was (laughs) i played it smart because like i knew if i'm going somewhere on a date where my food is potentially being paid for i never went in with the intentions that my food was going to be paid for right but i always made sure it was to my favorite restaurant my favorite wing spot uh, which is not expensive at all it, honestly probably under 50 bucks for two people like it is under 50 bucks for two people but i played it smart because i'm like i want to like the food at least i know with this place i love it <laughs> like you know right. but um in terms of creative dates first of all women love when men plan creative dates okay and it just shows that you put like thought and effort into it instead of throwing money in the air and was like, all right, let's just go eat and do something basic. Like, no, bro. You know, like the two most creative ones I can think of was treetop trekking that I did, um, doing the glow in the dark kayaking thing in a couple weeks and the sip and paint thing I did on Valentine's Day where I, I literally went to the dollar store and bought everything for like 30 bucks. And I was like, okay, Surprise. you just mentioned three different creative dates. Now, out of those three, did you think of them or did your boyfriend think of them? Oh! I thought of them my boyfriend is not creative at all and we literally have little little uh what's the word for like a small fight like little uh micro fights we squabble over it because okay. i'm like bro like step it up so last week he took me to center island he's like well oh, let's go it's cool that's this not creative is- enough for you is it I mean, no, but I, I appreciated the effort. I appreciated the effort. And I was like, you know what? Like, he wants to take me on the water taxi because I always did the ferry when I went to Central Island. And there's a barbecue restaurant there where it's a nice view of the skyline. So he's like, let's you go You got to drop suggestions, Nina. Oh, I do. But then I, I'm kind of difficult. I drop the suggestions, but I'm like, think along those lines. Don't use my idea because then you're really not putting any effort into it. Right. Wrong for that? Uh, Is that wrong? He's under he's under pressure, man. I feel for this man. I feel for this man. 
especially when especially when you're in competition with somebody who is constantly thinking of creative ways to do seriously how to do things you sorry b sorry buddy like yeah i think of a lot of creative things but that's me but 50 bucks like i feel like okay i feel like you shouldn't i feel like with a first date you shouldn't be necessarily like limited in that sense but i don't know i still think for a first date you shouldn't be spending too much either like yeah, if this yeah, is no, a no, first no. date and you're you're clearly probably in a getting to know each other phase unless it's like you guys were friends forever and now yeah. you're finally taking the next step and having a first date but usually a first date i think a healthy range is like 50 to 100 bucks i would say 50 to 75 even solitaire yeah you know uh uh two mains Maybe you share. I mean, if we're talking about dinner, then then again, like fifty bucks is yeah, yeah fifty dollars per person. I guess I don't know, man. I think it's more a matter of like a first date should be somewhere where you can actually have a conversation. And I think it yeah. in that sense, thinking about how much you're going to spend means that you're not planning on figuring out how you're going to find out more about this person that you need to find out to find it. Can to, I to have a second date? Can I just make a quick suggestion? And we're out of time. Yeah. But um, yeah. just my favorite thing for doing for a first date, and it's probably passe now, and this is probably old guy talk, but going bowling to me is the most fun for a first date because you can still get I to talk agree. and you can still have fun and you're, it can be competitive. And hopefully you're going to a bowling alley where they offer drinks as well, too. But for me, I've always found bowling to be just a, a fun first date. Unless she has acrylics, then it might be kind of hard. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Fair enough. But uh, but yeah, if you're looking for creative date ideas, even not for a first date, I suggest a couple's massage at the spa, treetop trekking, glow in the dark canoes, um, and uh, sip and paints. Those if they're available fun. during the pandemic. Yeah, but you yeah. could even do the sip and paint at home. Like, just think a little, guys. Okay. Anyways, that's this week's no better take. All right, uh, fellas, I hope uh, you were taking notes. I certainly was. Tree talk, trepping, tree talk. I <laughs> wish I could talk, but it's the end of the show. I'm not even going to try to say that again. I'm going to let that one hang like the matzo ball that it was and say that is our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we are out of here. Any last thoughts as, as far as like uh, dates or what you should or shouldn't do in terms of uh, surprises? first dates well nina's too late for you because you you're, you're way too far gone but yeah on your first date yeah but i love surprises love people like surprises most people most, some most. people don't yeah well you know how you can surprise us you can follow us yes. at hashtag on vibe 105 ladies and gentlemen but uh, that is all the time we have for today's show we appreciate you all for tuning in and joining us for these conversations uh that we've had Lots of things that we're going to follow up on, but we've got to go right now and we will be back next week, Sunday, Sunday, Saturday. Oh my God. Next week, Saturday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. right here on Vibe 105. Have a great week and we'll talk to y'all and see y'all soon.